welcome to the Weird Geeks Horror Show, where every Friday we'll be covering another instalment in a classic horror franchise. Go to weirdgeeks.com and weirdgeeks on iTunes to check out our other podcast series, social medias, Twitch streams, contact details and news on our very own feature films, albums, shorts and more that are currently in production for our publisher, We Are Tessellate. Weird Geeks is not affiliated with any of the rights holders of the film's referenced, and no infringement is intended. Geeks! Hello, and welcome back to the Weird Geeks Horror Show. Every single Friday, we take you for another installment in a classic horror retrospective franchise. We are now finished, done, dusted with our very first Versus. Versus! We finally got the branding, guys. Series where we took every single 80s slasher film that we hadn't already covered in our regular franchises, and we dealt with them up against their remakes. We are now in the wrap-up, which means if you're new to us, hello, welcome. Please head on out to wearegeeks.com, wearegeeks.com, where you can branch out to all of our social medias. You can send us emails through there, all by typing mail at wearegeeks or fuck you at wearegeeks.com. And also, you can go to iTunes, subscribe, and rate us. It makes all the fucking difference because we do this for free. We're not going to do any banner ads. We're not going to do any patrons. And we're not going to try and sell you any... Uh, no, rap tops. What? Flap, what? Rap tops. A rap top. Yeah, like rap dresses, rap tops. I don't know. Oh, oh, oh. I'm thinking of my own wardrobe at the moment. Is that what you're shopping for right now? <laughs> yeah, as we're doing this, I'm just like online shopping on the side. <laughs> Hope no one minds. <laughs> yeah, we're not going to do that. So yeah, please do subscribe and rate us on iTunes. It helps us out a whole bunch. If you you forgot your phone? It's fine. I'll be less <laughs> distracted. It's a medical emergency. As Shannon was talking about shopping while we're doing this, I was like, oh, I- oh it's not here. <laughs> Yeah, so welcome to a wrap-up episode. In one of those, we're going to go through all of the films, so you don't have to listen to all the minutiae if you don't want to. We're just going to briefly recap them all, and then we're going to go through our list of our favorite this and that stuff. We're going to do a little bit of the Rotten Tomatoes game, which is my favorite thing to do. And then we're going to rank all of the films in order. We normally would also talk about all the extra media, but we'll get into that in a moment. Until then, until then, that's a weird thing to say, because it's going to happen in like two fucking seconds. I'm your host, Al White, and joining me through... How all of these movies has been Katie Watson. Hi. And Shannon Hollander. Hey, yo. And everybody should treasure this moment because this might be the very last episode you ever hear Shannon's voice on. Potentially. Potentially. You're welcome. That'll, that'll definitely be a question at the end of the show is, will you come back? <laughs> the we'll people need to demand it. <laughs> Email. Honestly, I think it's been because we normally like to do these shows where one person's a big fan, one person's kind of in the middle, is aware of the series, and then another person's brand new. Obviously, this wasn't a normal franchise that we're doing, but it's been fun having someone who just fucking hates horror films. Yeah, can't stand it. <laughs> can't stand it. And hasn't it. even been like, well, we'll find out, but I don't even think you've been won over gradually. <laughs> so. uh, we'll find out. We'll find out. We'll get to it. All right, guys. So throughout this series, again, if you haven't been following us, if you want the full details, then we've done like three uh, three hour podcasts you can go and listen to where we're delving into the originals and the remakes of The Fog, Silent, uh, sorry, no, the worst one we got, The Fog, Prom Night, uh, My Bloody Valentine, The House on Sorority Row, Silent Night, Deadly Night, April Fool's Day, Stage Fright. They're the ones who picked. If you've got problems with that and you don't, you don't think that they're, you know, there are other slasher films like Mother's Day, then get out of here. 
Go get your own podcast. We, we decide the rules. Friday the 13th and Nightmare on Elm Street are two other ones, and Charles Play is about to have a remake come out, so that's the third one. They're the big three. We cover them on our regular franchise shows. I will be at the end of this podcast including them on my rankings list, just because I have seen all of them, so I feel it's only fair to judge these films we've been watching against those as well. So, guys. Oh. Mm. Yeah. You did it. I'm proud of you, Shannon. You know what? I'm proud of me, too. <laughs> I was only as I was going through everything that I realized, oh man, it was week three that you nearly quit. <laughs> like not far in at all. Yep. Yep. So we started with the fog, 1980, budgeted at around about 1 million, grossed 21.5 million domestic, had an IMDb rating of 6.8. I already dug this film a lot. It won, well, let's just say it right now, the original one every single week. However, there were a couple of weeks that it was a bit of a battle mm-hmm. on that. Yeah. But for, I think we were all in agreement at the beginning that the Fog remake was definitely superior. John Carpenter, obviously. Mm-hmm. Great mood. One of my yes, favorite yeah. openings. Uh, it got some hokey stuff going on with the pirates like later on with some of the effects. I, I, my frustrations with the film, again, is that I think it could be an all-time absolute masterpiece. And instead, it gets a bit too B-movie later. Mm-hmm. I still but like I really, it. I really enjoys me. I no, I too. love it. It's got what, Andrea Barbeau. She's wonderful. Or mm-hmm. Audrey. Whatever her name is. French lady. Uh, yeah, Adrian. Adrian. Adrian, yeah. Right. I started listening to her podcast, by the way. It's really good. Yeah? Is that, yeah. Is that the one that just started? Or is yeah, that it's a called one? She Kills. It's basically them talking to the women of the horror franchises where they, like, even the not final girls get to have a say and they kind of talk about their point of view from A, what they thought their character should have done, and then B, how it was with filming and stuff. <laughs> oh, that's really That's really, really cool. Yeah. So. I recommend. Well, presumably she won't be asking the lead of the remake from 2005, The Fog, budgeted at $18 million, gross $46 million, gets an IMDb of 3.6. Uh, this was a piece of shit. It was awful. Yeah, it was terrible. <laughs> you got Smallville Superman Boy, lots of CGI effects going on. I, I remember like when we watched this, I was like, wow, I can't get worse than this, can I? Oh, oh it did. Uh, <laughs> not yeah, real bad. It did. Because you know what? It's not my least favorite. Spoilers. No. Spoilers, yeah, yeah. But yeah, definitely a landslide win for the original Fog for that one. And then the next week we moved into Prom Night, 1980. Prom Night, Prom Night, Prom Night, Yeah, we're not going to have an interlude this time. Maybe we'll put the interlude at the end. Yeah. This time. (laughs) That's the outer lude. (laughs) 1980 budgeted at around about $1.2 million. Uh, These are all not adjusted for inflation, by the way. Uh, Grossed $14.7 million. Gets an IMDb 5.4, right down the kind of middle. Sounds about right for me. This is a film which a lot of people love. I don't love it. I, every time I go back to it, I'm like, this is the time I'm going to love it. Mm-hmm. And I think this this time I enjoyed it more than the other times. Mm-hmm. But it's just not that great. Like, there's no. there's a really... I mean, Jamie Lee Curtis is great in it, but her character isn't. It does if it very little. If it didn't have her in it, though, it would be... Oh, yeah, it'd be terrible. Yeah, no one would know this film, I don't mm-hmm. think. No, I agree. Except I, for you go, the possible disco. She's such a great example in the original Prom Night of how, like, a really great actor or actress can elevate your film, right? Mm-hmm. Someone that really gets it all of a sudden yeah. took it from like a C movie to a B movie, right? Yeah. But she's not even, even in Leslie it that Nielsen much. Yeah. is like Ugh. in this film. and <laughs> Yeah, Leslie Nielsen is weird. Not being funny. funny and I can't. You got, him, he's, you got his inner monologue that keeps happening yeah. as well. <laughs> so oh, yeah, the detective in there. And then all of a sudden yeah. we're at the detective station for no reason. Oh, man. Yeah. 
Oh my god! And then there's a really hokey villain running around. I think oh, you guys also still missed in it like a whole scene from like ten oh, minutes. Yeah. Oh yeah, I went back we and watched it. I mean, James watched it girl with me. Went. She was just gone all of a sudden. <laughs> yep. You went back and, and watched that scene. I did. I made James watch it with me. That murder <laughs> scene in preparation. Nice. Does it change the entire outcome of the film now? Do you love it? Uh, I do like it more. A hundred percent. It makes a little bit more sense. At least. It does. It makes. But. Well, because that was one of my big problems with it was I was like, what happened to this girl? This makes no sense. Because that was what I was looking forward to seeing. Right. Um, yeah. So having Death. that really helps. <laughs> Death happened. And just to be clear, that was one of the franchises. It followed up with Hello, Mary Lou, Prom Night 2 in 1987, Prom Night 3, The Last Kiss in 1989, and Prom Night 4, Deliver Us from Evil in 1992. I put myself through all of those films. Hello, Mary Lou, Prom Night 2 is absolutely my favorite of the entire Prom Night series. It's completely goofball and stupid, but I actually think it's got some good invention in there. And it's fun. Unfortunately, we had to watch Prom Night Yeah, the Prom Night remake. Mm. Budget at $20 million, gross $57 million. It got an IMDb 3.9, arguably too high. I just want to it's know how much terrible. of that $20 million had to go to Idris Elba. Oh. <laughs> I don't think anything I- at this point. Yeah. What? No. I don't think at that point. No. And I, I was just rewatching last night Ghost Rider: Spirit of Vengeance, and he's fucking all all around in that film as well. Oh, like he just did some real trash back in those days. Bless him. I'm rewatching The Office right now, and God, I keep forgetting that he's in The Office for about a. Like, he is. Yeah, he comes in as the the supplemental manager at some point. Oh, and he is a dick. Yeah. In that, when he's in the office, like he's so good at being in, like just this cold faced douchebag. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, not even the fact that you're hot makes me want to punch you less. That's funny that the English actor would be in the, in the American office, but not in the English office. Yeah. yeah. I got a throat sweet in my mouth. I need to take that out. It's going to be causing havoc with my microphone. Havoc. <laughs> no. Havoc. Problem like 2008. I mean, what can we say? Nothing. This is just, just. I mean, I was so angry with this so film. Bad. Everything about it, from the handsome model murderer that you're trying to think, oh, m- there must be more to it than this. But no, it's just him. And they're just going to show you him wandering around for the whole film. Terror. It's just like, it's just a fucking lifetime movie with, it, it's terrible. Absolutely. Ter- All the lead actresses and actors oh, are just so like bad. unsympathetic and terrible. I honestly hate everything about this movie. But really bad. Shannon was a little bit more favorable towards yeah. it. The sanitized murders were right up my alley. <laughs> like, just like the daintiest drop of blood whenever he stabs them. That's exactly what I need. Awful. That's I'm into that. I'm into that. Let's do all these murders on a wide with just like a little bit of blood into it. The thing is, you don't even you don't need to have lots of blood. Like in a slasher film, I think it's a given, but you can have it so it still has impact just because of, you know, tension in the scene and editing and, you know. The tools of the cinematic universe. Huh? The editing was lacking. mm, Would you like to tell the director about them? (laughs) Because he just put everything in a closet. It's fucking terrible. Including the killer. Correct. We moved on to next week to My Bloody Valentine. This is where we nearly lost Shannon. 1981, 2.3 million. We got a first uh, Canucksploitation movie. Uh, Gross 5.6 million. I need to be a 6.3. Uh, seen as a real classic, this one, and we all watched the uncut version. That was really my takeaway. When I went back and I was listening again to our feelings at the end of these podcasts to refresh my memory a little mm-hmm. bit, because, oh my God, it's scary how quickly things fade. Right. It, yeah, I was amazed that the thing that I really took away was I don't understand how this movie could be seen as such a classic when it was not released uncut for so long, because the uncut version, I think, is fucking great. Mm-hmm. The kills are, in, are crazy, fun, practical, Look like all the hair. things. 
great hair. Yeah. But without those kills, it's, I mean, it's fine. It's not terrible, but it's not like a great, I don't see how it'd be a cult. Um, but I do love this movie with those kills. I still don't love it as much as most people do. I think the kill is cool. The kills are cool. And there's some endearing moments, but because of its kind of the Canadianness of it, <laughs> which I can enjoy. But no, I don't, I don't like it. It's not one of my absolute favorite slashes like most people. What about you guys? I freaking love this one. And it holds up really well. It was it was honestly especially nice to be able to come back to some of these with Shannon, who is completely fresh blood, and <sighs> to see how effective they still can be on a current day audience. It was great. That's true. That's a good I whenever I was re-listening to things, like Al said to me doing this podcast, like it's really nice to know that like these practical effects that are a little bit cheesy mm-hmm. can like still affect me in the way um, that I'm terrified, (laughs) which is true. And like, as much as that's not my jam, I appreciate that that's the point, right? Mm -hmm. That's what you're looking for. So, you know, Well, I'd be interested if you saw one of these like in the cinema with a group of genre fans who are like, you know, when you get to those moments, they're cheering and laughing and clapping, if that would make it worse for you because of the sort of audience participation or if you'd actually maybe enjoy it a bit more. It would make it better. A hundred percent. Because I've seen a couple horror thriller ish movies in theaters and the audience being involved in it does super help. Like even watching it with Katie and having like the like that involvement of the two of us of like you can make it all of that sort of stuff uh, was really helpful yeah um well yeah well then that was followed up 2009 my bloody valentine remake budgeted at 15 million dollars grossed 101 million dollars great success imdb 5.5 surprisingly low on the imdb considering this is seen as a lot of people really enjoy this movie again this is one i always go back to thinking this is the time i'm gonna really enjoy it uh because it's it's slick it's stupid. You've got a lady running around with no clothes on for about 10 minutes. Yep. <laughs> like while a killer's chasing her. It's got all the things you'd expect from a slasher film. And I do enjoy it, even though Jamie King's fucking ghastly so in it. So bad. And the so dude from Supernatural is ghastly so in bad. it. Yep. And Jack from Dawson's Creek, God bless him, I love him, but he's really bad yeah, in he's, it. He's only got the brooding. That's all he's got in this film. Yep. It's like, this and is my one face. But I could put up with it. It's just the fucking ending. Like, as soon as it gets to the ending of this and you're getting, like, the twists and it's just these stupid soap opera actors. He's right behind you. Oh. He's right He's Who do I get? He's right behind It's too much. It's too much for me. It destroys the whole film. It really does. Like, I'm really a person where I need a good opening and definitely a good ending. And the ending can ruin or make a whole film for me. And this yeah. one just ruins the whole movie. They got blown up in a mine and they were... Fine. It fully <laughs> makes no sense. Happened. The tanker of oil or whatever was right in front of that guy, and it blew up. And he's fine. It's literally the same way they killed the shark in Jaws. Yeah. Right. It's the and exact it blew into same a million pieces. And that shark. Honey, the shark wasn't in a mine. I know. Right. Imagine if it the shark had open ocean. Granted, it was like in, in his the mouth. Water. Still- <laughs> Has anyone made mine shark yet? Surely that's oh, that's coming. A mine shark. <laughs> because mainly, uh, I know that there are mines in Missouri specifically because you can train scuba diving there that go down like 100 feet deep. So who the fuck oh, knows yeah, it's in there? Oh, yeah, it fucking terrifies me. Yeah. That's like literally my worst nightmare. 
Yeah. Also, there's this beautiful documentary on it, which I really like. Actually, there's a horror movie. Which one's that? Where they do some really lovely shots of it. Like, the horror is terrible in it, the but descent? just the shots of them diving. Yeah, yeah going through the... Um, Going through all the caverns, the underwater caverns yeah. and stuff is really beautiful. Oh. Terrifying. I would love, I want to be able to, I want to be that person. I really do. But I just, I'm like. Something. You don't have to. You can watch them on, on HD. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> Playing a lot of Odyssey and I want to, I want to go treasure hunting in the in the ocean. Nah. Come on. Nah. You'll be able to do it with virtual reality soon and someone else can do the adventuring and you just yeah. sit at home, put your helmet Stay on. on. <laughs> If love, death, and robots, I've just been watching as anything to say. That's definitely what the future's going to be. Mm. Yeah, so that's the week we nearly lost, Shannon. In all seriousness, I mean, go back and listen to the episode for the full blow by blow, but we had to have a chat on the phone, make sure Katie was like, uh, Katie was talking to me, and I was like, is she actually, is she all right? Because I was just thought we were joking around, and Katie was like, maybe you should check. <laughs> and then me and Shannon had to have a phone conversation to make sure she was all right. <laughs> it was definitely the original one that had me yes. more worried about for Shannon. Because I, as we went through, I liked to keep Shannon's little notes of how much, like the hate I hate Al scale, uh huh, for each film. And the original My Bloody Valentine was pretty high. Yeah, if for you recall, uh, the sound I was just making throughout the entirety of the movie was, yeah, <laughs> and I think very, I just kept saying, I was happy just Shannon kill is them all right because we would have had a baby. <laughs> yeah, 100%. There was a you should lot not of- watch My Bloody Valentine original uh, if you are pregnant or considering getting pregnant. It will cause early onset labor. <laughs> My mom, when she was pregnant, heavily pregnant with me, went to see Alien in the cinemas. And she always tells me the story of like the point where the chest burst that comes out of John Hurt's oh, chest man. is like I kicked her in the stomach at that point. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be in your director bio yeah 100%. <laughs> that's a great little tidbit then the next week we had the house on sorority row from 1983 budgeted around about half a million gross 10.6 million domestic gets a 6.1 this is like a little you know like people in the horror world know this i think a lot of people outside of the genre world don't really know it but it's pretty well respected this was actually a tie vote we had between this and the remake mm-hmm. 2009 budgeted 12.5 million gross 27 million not very much i'm to beat 5.2 I ended up deciding. So Shannon went with the remake on this one. I did. Katie went with the original, but after some duress from both of you. Yes. Yeah. It, it well, wasn't like an easy decision. Because it has a fucking terrible ending. Yeah. It which will, one? Which is the not original? really an ending. It's just, yeah. But the original has four out of five doctors in the house for the band, which I'm oh, that's true. very excited about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Great music. Uh, great I, so I like quite a lot of things about the original. I like the vibe of the relationship between all of the girls in the house. I just like the story better in the original. Yeah, and I like it's got the a nice simple better. story. Mm-hmm. So. And I do like, and it's got one creepy shot at the end of the clown guy like looking up, and then it gets really stupid after that. Yeah, terrible ending where it just ends, just yeah. out of nowhere. Yeah. Uh, but there's also some surreal stuff here that's almost got a Get Out Dario Gento feel yeah. to stuff. Mm-hmm. It's kind of cool. Yeah, like the scene where she's hallucinating or whatever, and she's tied yeah. up. It's really good. This is I definitely like one that, like, upon reflection, and I, because I still think the both the remake and the original are really close for me, because the original like gets a little off its rocker <laughs> for me. And, like, it's I just, very rapey. Is what the original one is. Yeah. That was like my big problem with the original was like all of the terrible lines of dialogue. Where, like, this just isn't cool. <laughs> this is cool. Yeah, oh, and the remake. Remake? Are you yeah. meaning remake, Al? The remake yeah. is super rapey. Oh, you said the original. Yeah, you said the original. The remake oh, is very I? Oh, rapey. Sorry. I was like, I don't remember any rape in the original. 
And you know what? It says like so much me as an actress and society that like the rapey, terrible dialogue of the remake certainly bothers me. But um, it's not a uh, it doesn't like kill the whole thing for me because I'm just desensitized and used to it. Right. <laughs> that's what it is. It's what like I go. That's terrible. But also, what do I expect? Great. So th- that wasn't a total deal breaker for me on on the remake, which is why I think they are so they're so much closer for me because I did. I really the character that's a bitch in the remake. I thought she was great. I love Carrie Fisher. And I liked the idea of like the killer being this like psychodependent boyfriend guy. Like I understood who that was in a way that I didn't understand who the killer was in the original, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. No, sure. From a character perspective. But this is one that, like, whenever I go back and think of what would I tell people to watch again, it flips. I would be like, you have to, you would watch the, watch the original over the remake because it's just weird. Yeah. <laughs> it is <laughs> hard to yeah, choose. Yeah, maybe not for the right reasons. But yeah. It's hard to choose definitively, I think, between these two. Because I really love all of the original up until the ending. And, but I like, I agree that I really like this lead bitchy girl, Jessica, I think Mm -hmm. is her name in this. And she just holds it all together. And then Carrie Fisher kind of comes in and holds it together a little bit more. And there's some things in here that I really loved. I hated all the rape shit in this. Yeah. Because it was just an identifying characteristic for a very weak character, which is like just this girl who is drunk all the time and allows life to happen to her i get that but there's a more interesting way to tell that story but i guess that that's my problem with sorority row remake is that they're not choosing interesting ways they're just trying to tell a schlocky Mm -hmm. sort of messy story well that's fine but it's just even the contrived setup is just terrible like it just makes absolutely no sense of of them sort of trying to you know roofie someone but not really so then she can prove that her brother's going to rape someone to then punish him because someone cheated on someone take them out to a fucking mine shaft and then you know not even think oh let's just let's find something to dismember the body and you know oh like no one's calling the joke off like it's just insane like it's just absolutely it's like them trying to lay the tracks as the train is already moving like that's how it feels is that you're just trying to hold on to this storyline because it doesn't make any sense and then the next week we went into silent night deadly night we go christmasy 1984 Budgeted a, a, between three quarters of a million to a million dollars, grossed 2.5 million domestic. Uh, as we talk about in the episode, why that happened, it actually was beating off a nightmare on Elm Street the weekend it opened. They both opened the same weekend. But there was a lot of controversy around this film. Gets an IMDb score, 5.9, and has a whole bunch of sequels Silent Night, Deadly Night Part 2 from 1987, Part 3, Better Watch Out from 1989, Part 4, The Initiation 1990, and Part 5, The Toymaker in 1991. Ignore all of them other than part two, which is hilarious. And 100% us three should watch that movie at some point because it's so fucking funny. This film should get a 10 out of 10 for the 80s montage. Yes. Yes. The 80s montage and this is gold. Yeah. So this was another one. This was one where I was split. Well, I was like, I'm happy with this vote going either way, actually, because the original is, you know, it's bad. Let's be real. It's a bad film, but (laughs) it's it's got a lot of heart to it. I think there's some interesting intentions from the writer. You get, like, this whole story of how the killer becomes a killer. You get this, yeah, insane music montage, which is wonderful. 
And then when he finally turns, you get like, yeah, you get a great uh, quickly scene where he's like mounting her on the antlers. And he the, just, the kid. This guy just wants to make porn. Yeah. He just and I'm here director. for it. Sweet, sweet little porns. Yes. I'd rather people fuck than die. <laughs> That's a t-shirt. Yep. When when Shannon is a madam of her brothel, that's what her slogan's gonna be. A hundred people. A hundred percent. Like that. Hundred people is what you're gonna say. People. <laughs> because that's that's how large my brothel will be. <laughs> yeah, I, we all we all had quite a lot of fun with Silent Night, Deadly Night, which is not true for many of these films. And then the remake, Shannon did not have fun from 2012. Five million estimated budget, grossed. Well, 114.5 thousand, um, but it only opened in 11 theaters in the US, so that's confusing on it. I am to beat a 5.2, but I was split because this is slick. I like the Santa Claus killer. Jamie King isn't as insufferable as she was in My Bloody Valentine. Malcolm McDowell is ridiculous, and Shannon loved it. I love that. Here for it. <laughs> Insane dinosaur talk. <laughs> and the kills were fucking cool in the Silent Night remake. And there's that kind of frustrating film where it's like, uh, the budget's not quite there, the writing's not quite there, but like this could have been a really cool, fun remake. Like they got some things in the right place. And then just some weird lines of dialogue just out of nowhere again, which are like, what is this doing in, in the movie? Mm-hmm. This is terrible and inappropriate. Mm-hmm. Malcolm McDowell's in his own movie in this. Love it. Love yeah, it. No, I want to watch Malcolm McDowell's movie. But uh, so, Ham, so both of you voted just for the original, didn't yes. you, Just I yeah. think. Yeah. And I was the one who was like, I'm happy for it to go either way. So yeah. I actually voted, I think, for the remake just so it had one vote because I think it deserved it. I do think it's a decent remake. But yeah, either of these were fine. I mean, potentially, yeah, our, our favorite in terms of the only pairing, whereas like the original and the remake were like, these are these are both enjoyable in their own ways. Although for Shannon, not at all because it was the violence was yeah, too no. much for her. No. Oh, that woodchipper scene. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> the woodchipper scene. Like, I didn't even watch you it. You didn't see and it. I, <laughs> I didn't, I know, I didn't watch it. But I can still, I know what happened and I can imagine it. And that's enough. That's enough. I think that's worse, probably, because your brain is messed up. Yes, it is. I presume yes. for this podcast to review, you went back, yeah, and you looked at all the kill counts and, you know, studied no. all the murder scenes so you could pick your favorites. No. Not at all. <laughs> Not at all. Nope. I did some heavy breathing. <laughs> I, I had to uh, convince myself to go back to that place. Uh, honestly, it gets to me a bit. Like, in the context of the films, I enjoy it, but when they do these wrap-ups, I go back and watch all these kill counts, and it's like, there's a lot of just death. It's <laughs> just endless scenes of people dying does get you after a while. Yeah, it's upsetting. A penultimate week, April Fool's Day, 1986. Budgeted, I don't know, are people saying 5 million? I don't know about that. I don't, but anyway. Gross 13 million domestic, gets a 6.2 out of uh, on the IMDb's. A real split one in the community. Some genre fans were pissed because, yeah, spoilers, there are twists <laughs> in this film and the murders aren't really happening. And then other people absolutely love it. It's got lots of lots of faces in there. You got Biff from Back to the Future. You got Yeah, uh, Biff. So Amy Steele from Friday Thirteenth Part Two, my favorite Friday Thirteenth, and my favorite Final Girl from the Friday Thirteenth series. Let's and who else? There's some other cool faces in there. I'm forgetting now. I really, really like this movie a whole bunch i'd like to say i love it i don't know that i love it but i really like it i think it's sophisticated in how it's shot it feels more like it's trying to be a halloween kind of film um i understand why if you're a big blood and guts fan then you don't like it but i think for the most part they do a great job of kind of getting around that for the twist i just i really i just like this movie a whole bunch yeah i do too for obvious reasons <laughs> no one dies no <laughs> It's everything. It's everything does I anyone, want. Does anyone have sex though? Oh yeah, yeah. Those two are having yeah. sex in that weird position. There's no oh, boobs. Yeah. 
If there were boobs, this would have been Shannon's number one pick. But there's no boobs. You gave me no boobs. Although, yeah. But I really enjoyed the original of April Fool's Day. I think it's, listen, I think it's having fun within the genre, right? And I appreciate that. It's like, (laughs) you assholes think you came to a slasher movie. (laughs) Guess what? Yeah. Fools you. Like, yeah. It's like a parody on the audience, yeah. not on the film itself. I love that. I'm into it. Katie? I was into this. It was a little bit more theatrical than I usually like. I liked the acting. I liked seeing the girl from Friday the 13th. It was a little... I don't... I appreciated what it was trying to do. Okay. Okay. But I was ultimately well, a little bit confused. I can safely say what we did not appreciate was the remake from 2008 budgeted at five million dollars gross nobody knows gets a 3.8 on imdb this and shannon i mean really we don't need to say anything shannon at the end of the podcast (gasps) stated what do you want do you want to repeat your statement it's the worst film i've ever seen in my entire fucking life and you've seen quite a lot of films yeah i mean admittedly you don't watch lots of garbage films on purpose like us idiots do it's true but you've seen some bad films yes the worst film I have ever seen in my entire, entire life. That's so bad. And that includes a bunch of like religious doctrine films that I had to watch in Catholic school. <laughs> oh, yeah. You want to know? April Fool's Day, the remake is worse. What really hurts me is that I don't get to say that sentence. That's really the biggest burden of my life <laughs> is I've seen worse. But it's hard. But it's hard to think of it. Like when you're watching a film, you can't imagine worse. It's so mm-hmm. fucking terrible. I literally think I've seen corporate videos where they're talking to you about sexual harassment and bullshit that is better done than <laughs> the April they Fool's Day remake. Promise you that they will have you raped by a wizard. No, they do not. One of the best. That lines is true. Ever. Because typically they like to avoid the rape word and sexual harassment corporate videos, but. I know that the men in them were thinking it. Sensually assaulted by a wizard. (laughs) (laughs) Sensually assaulted. Right. Well, well, actually, that leads us perfectly (laughs) into our next film, Stage Fright. Oh, no, it doesn't actually. It leads me into another film, which I was thinking of, Curtains. Someone's consensually assaulted at the beginning of that film. Um, But anyway, Stage Fright, otherwise known as Deliria, Bloody Bird, Soundstage Massacre, Aquarius, and many other things as well from 1987. Budgeted at $1 million, grossed, who knows? IMDb, 6.8. Italian director, we're getting a little bit of giallo flavor in there right at the end here, which is an important thing to nod at at least. Shannon was a little bit scared because European directors, who knows? She knows what to expect from the American ones with the slasher films, but... yeah. Those European ones. Woo! Here's what you should expect. Uh, Marilyn Monroe cosplay saxophone players. Mm -hmm. Yep. A man with an owl mask leaping. Yep. (laughs) Leaping through a sort of stage uh, to start dancing. The best generic 80s music. Oh, yes. Yep. You should expect people to go to psychiatric hospitals to have their sprained ankles Mm -hmm. treated. Mm -hmm. And being Mm -hmm. felt up by a doctor. Yeah. One (laughs) handsy doc. Yeah, you should expect (laughs) girls to put on high-heeled shoes, but not pants. Yep, to run away from. Oh, that's that's true of most of these films. (laughs) Pants are not accessible. That's all. Just to be clear, we're talking American pants here. Yeah. Yes. You should expect very nice up-close shots of keys stuck in wooden slats as owl men are just 
meditating to opera music or something. You should expect to see a girl who literally starts moving in slow motion for the last 25 minutes of this film. And you just, you just expect to see the power of feathers. Yeah. <laughs> you should expect to sit there and just go, what the fuck? Like, I can, the more we talk about this one, the more I love it. I want to watch this again right now. <laughs> it's it's one of those ones that I had, even as I was watching it, the end at least, I was like, I have to remind myself in this moment, like I have to be present for how much pain this is bringing me because this is completely the kind of film that I'd be like, that's my favorite film. <laughs> like this is one of my all time favorite films. But that ending, it hurt. It was so, I was yeah. like, why why did it have to be this way? It was so close to being like in Katie's all time f- top 10. And now I was like, I can't. To be clear, it's slasher films, not not all time top 10 of films. I don't know. It's possible. <laughs> it could, it was potentially up there. I mean, it had a lot of things that I love, which is like super weird guy in owl mask. Yes. I want crazy. I want awesome outfits. That girl looked like a sexy Oompa Loompa at the beginning. It was yeah, amazing. she did. She did. Come on. She did. I was like, I love, I love that energy, and I love this. Like, let's do something weird. Let's, I'm, I'm excited about. So that. maybe I was wrong when I said Silent Night and its remake was our favorite overall series because then, yeah, we had the stage fright remake in 2014, budgeted at no one really knows, grossed about seven thousand dollars, but domestic, <laughs> but again, very limited release. IMDb five point two. This is a musical, comedy horror musical. It actually has nothing to do with the original yeah. but there are thematic ties to it and it has the same name so we fucking covered it because we wanted an excuse really to cover both of these movies yeah meatloaf's in it and he's in my opinion the weak link which is shocking because mm-hmm. he should be the best yeah. thing about this movie oh i know fun facts about this movie Ooh, here uh, we go. because i was doing a workshop with the casting director of this movie and i asked her about it afterwards what i was like girl let's talk about stage fright and she was like girl i got stories uh <laughs> Apparently, Meatloaf actually auditioned for this role. What? Yeah. They didn't just go and beg him and pay him to turn up? No. Wow. He auditioned for this role. And he, like, wanted it. He Why? And I, I, I don't, yeah, I don't know. Because uh, according to what I was told, he, like, fought to be in this movie. And I think that that says something about why it feels like he's in a totally different movie. Is That's because good. I think, because God knows... The editor probably got in there and like, how the fuck do we make something out of this? Right. And the editor, director, everyone in post was like, okay, we've got to go down this road with this movie. And then everything Meatloaf was doing just doesn't make any sense. And that's like being kind to Meatloaf to think that he wasn't just like off base to begin with. (laughs) Yeah. Because he does. He feels like he's in a totally different movie. Yeah. In the same way as Malcolm McDowell does, but in the opposite way, but in a similar way. Michael Medalis was on. Yeah. I want to get both of those two together. In, in and the, the guy oh, that's no. the director whose name I can't remember now, like, I didn't even put it. He, Tony winner. He's incredible. He's a Tony oh, winner for falsettos. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, sense. I didn't even, like, put two and two together because I wasn't even thinking of seeing it like that. But, um, and I was like, oh, that that tracks. He's pretty that great. That does track. That does track. Well, yeah. I mean, we all, we, we all enjoyed this film to varying degrees. I still think the opening number is fantastic. I think it never really hits that high again afterwards. But there are moments throughout which are fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would love for this to get more of a wet, hot American summer kind of you know vibe yeah. coming onto it. It definitely takes itself too seriously in places. Uh, but it's an enjoyable film. And you guys, this was another sort of split one bit, wasn't it? I think, who was it who voted 
I think Shannon voted for the remake. I voted for the remake. We both did. Yeah. We both did. Oh, this okay. So the, only one the remake, remake did win. Won. Yeah, this is the Sorry, only one with the remake one. I spoke wrong. Uh, yeah, and I voted for the original. Mm-hmm. But again, I wasn't too unhappy. I was kind of split between the I two. Know, but but, really I, but in reflection, I do feel the original's the one that I will go back to more. I don't know, man. I disagree. That disagree. Opening... Well, Love that, that metal I, killer. That I will go back to. Shut your fucking face! <laughs> again, I'll go back to the opening scene of the remake a lot. But the whole movie? Meh. Meh. I'm fine. Well, disagree. So you go, guys. There's a, that's all the films that we did. I want to talk about very, very briefly then, and very briefly, just about then the landscape of all of that stuff. Because, Shannon, this is your first horror show. It was a real pleasure to kind of, you know, sort of rope you in under false pretenses onto this one. You're like, slash films from the 80s. That sounds fine. That will be a nice entry no. point. No, it wasn't. It <laughs> really like, wasn't. Yeah, yeah, those are the ones <laughs> that you want to be most scared of. Yeah. For Less the stuff more. that you don't like, you know. Yeah. Many people will be fine because, yeah, they're like, oh, the goofy, the trashy, you know, whatever. I knew particularly <laughs> you would not jive with many of these. But I also knew these aren't the worst, and which also means they're not the best. And I guess my only frustration is, as your introduction to slasher films, mm-hmm. you know, as a whole, because as you said, you hadn't even seen Scream properly. And you Correct. fucking love Matthew Lillard. Correct. So how you haven't seen Scream is insane. Hey, <laughs> insane Listen, to me. I'm going to go back and watch it now because I do feel like I'm a changed woman. And not that I'm going to start watching these movies in any way, shape, or form. Like, no. <laughs> I did go. I, I Hopefully this isn't like putting this in too much. I did see us this weekend and was like, I can handle this in a wow. way that I was pretty proud of myself. <laughs> nice. You go by yourself? No. I, I, please. I went with you. I was like, God damn. <laughs> yeah. No. There's, there's no way. But like in going to see that movie, I was like, yeah, I got this. I can handle this. So I do feel like there are movies, particularly those like 90 slashers and things like that, that are their own sort of world that I feel like I can now go back and handle in a way that I could not before. <laughs> if you had a reason to, you could now handle one. You're not necessarily going to sit down and watch them for fun, but you could maybe handle. Yeah. I want to see Matthew Lillard's wonderful, goofy face. Let's watch 100%. Them. A hundred percent. I like I honestly I do. I feel like I could watch Scream now and not have to leave after the first scene. I might skip over that scene with Drew Barrymore. <laughs> Honest to God, like because you've had what's been interesting is it's been the 80s versions that you had more trouble with than the remakes. So the 90s yeah. stuff you're going to be fine with because the reason why most slasher fans and again, let's, okay, so let's look at the landscape a little bit, you know. You can go back whenever you want to, to Peeping Tom, to Psycho, to talk about the beginnings of slashes, to Diallo for the 70s, mostly, and then to Black Christmas and Halloween is really the birth of, you know, American slasher tropes as we really see them. Mm-hmm. And then moving throughout the 80s, huge, huge spike right at the beginning, dies off a little bit, comes back, well, it, it, it did die off a little bit in, in velocity. And then we have, like, so many sequels to the big franchises running by the end of the 80s, died out completely, and then didn't really resurrect properly until, yeah, Scream came around. And then the 90s slashes weren't as big of a thing as people think. The renaissance there of stuff, there was far less than people think. And we actually have a franchise, so we're, well, I'm going to reveal at the end of this podcast what we're starting next week, but it will be tied into that because I'm in a slasher mood. Mm-hmm. So I'll explain that then. But a lot of slasher fans hate the 90s stuff because it's mm-hmm. too timid. It's too right. like, okay, too much money, too many pretty people. You're not showing the blood like I want to. You know, you're just doing what the 80s films did, but glossier and not, mm-hmm. as, not as much fun. And I could completely appreciate that. But as someone who grew up watching the 80s and 90s films in parody with each other, I appreciate both 
for different things. For me, it's more the Naughties ones, which are a lot of the ones that we were covering here in the remakes. They're the ones for me that were so soulless. Like if people think the 90s ones are soulless, I'm like, oh, fucking look at this Prom Night remake. Look at the Sorority Row remake. Look at the Fog. Like these are the ones to me that just have nothing to give at all. Yeah. But yeah, so with you, like if you do watch Scream, wait, wait till we're back. Let's watch Scream together. That'd be fun. Oh, that'd be fun. We could have a Scream slumber party. Right. Alex would want to come and watch it again. Christina, because we covered me, Alex and Christina covered the Scream franchise, and they're very mm-hmm. attached to that. So they'll probably come and hang out. Because nice. mm-hmm. if I watch it again, I'm, I'm, you know, I might be staying the night. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's get into my favorite bit: the Rotten Tomatoes game. Now, guys, okay. I've been saying the IMDb scores. You may have noticed just now. I said it on each podcast to podcast. Mm-hmm. We said it just now. Mm-hmm. Snuck them in there mm-hmm. to give some little uh, insight into how. The IMDb score. Now, the IMDb score is a fucked up weird thing, which, to be honest, I, I only appreciated recently how much, how kind of it is done. Because it doesn't reflect critic scores. It only reflects the audiences who are going there and ranking it, which admittedly critics can also do. But it, so it's really an audience score, the IMDb score, which is interesting. Ron Tomatoes puts mo- way more emphasis on the critic, yeah. although there is also the audience score. But, mo- but if you're certified fresh, it's to do with the critic score. And we're not going to get into the algorithm. I know it's all fucked. And I know they just tried to change things for Captain Marvel and blah, blah, blah. It's whatever. It's a fun game. Get over yourself. This is just something I like to do. Because they're normally dramatically different from the IMDb scores. So yeah. I'm always fascinated. So it's a very simple game, guys. We're simply going to go through. And you guys are going to guess which. Do you have the list of the films in front of you, I'm presuming, that yes. we've watched? Yeah. No, so there's quite a lot. So this is a bit more complicated than when we do a six-film franchise and you're trying to place the middle of it. I know. Like- I kept going through it and I was counting and I was like, oh, I still only have 13 in here. And I was like trying to put them in order. Yeah. And I was which trying to pr- figure out which one I was missing. Yeah, we've got 14 films here that we're going to do. So we're going to start with the critics. Which film, and you, you both get one guess and you'll get a point for which one you get right. Okay. Which film do you think is the number one film that Rotten Tomatoes critics gave out of everything we did gets a 75%? Mm-hmm. Which is a, that's a damn decent score considering that all of these films are actually quite old. Mm-hmm. In different ways. Which film? I'm going to say The Fog. The original or the remake? The original. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I thought that was obvious. Even, uh, the original. I yeah, I couldn't keep my shit together. That's what I was also going to say. You can both say the same thing. That's fine. You are both correct. <laughs> the original Fog is the number one critically scored film, 75%. What is the second with 64%? And there's a good study in uh, decline here. Like it, uh, some, some weeks you just go and there's a massive drop off. Because it's a franchise, but because we're like jumping around. Uh huh. I'm trying to think of what like critically people. I'm gonna say, oh shit. Well, I'm gonna say because my bloody Valentine. That's the. Are we talking about the unedited or the edited? Oh, I don't know. I, I think both. They're gonna both be sort of accumulated um, together. Hmm. I'm gonna say April Fool's Day, the original. Fuck it. April Fool's Day original, Shannon. Okay, you've put a lot of thought into this. Yeah, mm-hmm. she really wants those points. She knows that there's literally no prize at the end of this. There's always a prize. I don't know. Sometimes you surprises and then you give a really good prize and then I lose it and I get really upset. Like Disneyland passports. Literally the other day I was driving in my car and I was like, I should have won Disneyland. (laughs) I hold it inside of me. (laughs) I'm still upset. That's from literally years ago. If people want to hear the episode, go to Weird Geeks, listen to our quiz show from the years ago. You don't hear my rage at the end where I'm just like, oh, yeah, (laughs) two people won, but only one person gets a prize. That's fair. Justin was very happy that year. Guess how many times I've been to Disneyland since then? Zero. 
What? <laughs> Make a 64%. choice. Stop stalling. Come on. My Bloody Valentine. You're both incorrect. It is the remake of Silent Night. Ah. 2012. Go fuck yourself. 64%. Nope. From the Rotten Tomatoes nope. I would never have guessed that. So. Nope. This whole. Nobody this whole, would have. Nope. Stupid. I hate everything. So just below that, 60%. What's number three? We're gonna have to like increase the pace for this, guys, because we require a lot to get through. I mean, no, I'm gonna I, keep with April I didn't know Fool's that we Day. We were having to do a non-multiple qu- multiple answer. No, no, it's just a fun little quiz. You just pick the thing, you say the word. It's a pop quiz, is what it is. Yeah, it is. Sixty percent just below number three. I'm locking in April Fool's Day original. April Fool's Day original. She's really wanting that to be up there. I do. Katie thinks critics are gonna like that movie. It seems sensible. I think that's I'm, a good I'm gonna choice. say my bloody mouth again. The original. Yeah. It is the remake of My Bloody Valentine. That is ridiculous. And Go 60%. That's two remakes in the top three from critics no, right now. Rotten that Tomatoes. That is incorrect. Rotten Tomatoes. Stupid. Number four with 56%. Ugh. You know, uh, because everything is stupid, I'm going to say Prom Night, the remake. Just because, like, this <laughs> is where we're going, night. right? Prom Night, the remake. Katie? I don't care. I'll throw a Sorority Row original in there. Ooh. You're correct. The House on Sorority Row, 1983, with 56%. Well, well done. played. Well done. She's well done. Pumps. <laughs> so number five with 47%. Again, we're just like little increments down each time. What could it be? Five with 47%. I'm gonna I'm gonna say my bloody Valentine, the original. Okay. Katie Watson. Hmm. We've already had the Fog original. We've had the Silent Night remake. We've had the My Bloody Valentine remake. And House and Sorority Row original. What is it, number five? Really got to, really got to pick up pace. We've got audience I'm scores sorry, to go through too. It's a too. lot of choices. Like it's a very long list to like go through, and you'd be like, "Oh, what about that one? No, that one." Uh, fine. Shannon saying say, "My Bloody Valentine." Oh shit! Don't have that one. April Fool's Day original. Look at you two swapping over. <sighs> Shannon gets the point. My Bloody Valentine original, forty-seven percent. Ah! One point, e- two points each. Somewhere. Number six, forty-five percent. We're dropping low. I'm going to say Sorority Row remake. Sorority Row? I'll say... I'm going to have to, have to press uh, you for an answer. Silent Night remake. Silent Night remake. No, we had that one already. That we was a number two. Oh, we did? That's See, the second hard. highest. You can cross them off as we go through on your laptop. Order. No. We've had the Fog original, Silent Night remake, uh, My Bloody Valentine remake, House and Sorority Row original, My Bloody Valentine original. What did you <laughs> the say? Thing you're taking this too seriously. <laughs> I said, what did I say? I said sorority row remake. Fine, I'll say that one too. It is the original prom night with 48. Ah! Oh, that's true. Uh, I can give you one more and then I'm just going to read the last five Thank because you. we've got to get into painful. the audience scores. I can't keep track. We're going to do it again, but with the audience because that's like, it's fascinating how different that is. Mm-hmm. Number seven then with 38%, quite a bit of a drop. April Fool's Day original. I want it to be in there. You, you really do. I really do. Uh, let's say, did we? You said Silent Night remake already. Yeah, yeah. That was number two. You keep on. That's the second, second top. <laughs> I was sorry. I can't remember which ones we said. It all comes down to this. All right, all right. It all comes down to this. We'll start two to two. Can you? Will you? The pressure get to her. Can she? I can't remember the ones we've said can already. She? We said the Fog original at number one, Silent okay. Night remake at number two, My Bloody Valentine remake at number three, The House and Sorority Row original at number four, My Bloody Valentine original at number five, Prom Night at number six, the original. She's on the green. Can she sink the pot? 
It all comes down to this. I just just Shannon is guessing April Fool's Day original for number seven. Mm-hmm. Is this? Is this the moment? Gotta press you for an answer, Katie. Is this the moment, I, folks? Like, Need honestly, you just silence. ran through them so quickly, and I'm trying to cross them out, and I don't know now, and Shannon's talking okay. golf in my ear, and I can't. <laughs> <laughs> when we get to the audience one, I gotta recommend... <laughs> when we get to the audience one, I'm gonna recommend you both cross them off as we go through, so then you know where we're at. Yeah, <laughs> I well, I started doing that, now I only have four crossed off, and now I can't remember anything. You're gonna have to want... You're gonna want to uncross them again in a second. <laughs> Fine. All right, let's just okay. Fine. I don't let's just, care. Just say April Fool's Day. <laughs> it was indeed April Fool's Day. Yes, goals. At number eight oh, with thirty-five percent no. was the Stage Fright remake. At number nine with twenty-four percent is all is is two Silent Night Deadly Night original and a Sorority Row remake. And then the last couple Prom Night remake with eight <laughs> percent and coming in with four percent. At the right at the bottom is the Fog remake. Yeah. Now, I should stipulate that two films are not even reviewed by critics at all on Rotten Tomatoes, wow. including the April Fool's Day remake and actually the, what was the other one? There's something else missing from that row. People are shouting it right now. Stage Thank Fright? You. One listener. Uh, yeah, the original Stage Fright was, is for some reason not reviewed on Rotten Tomatoes, which I find yeah. strange. Which one, uh, where did Sorority Row remake come in? Number 10. Uh, 24%. Well, 9 and 10. They're both... Sunlight did night and Sorority Row are both 24%. Okay. It's a pretty low. So, all right. We're going to move into the audience one. I'm going to recommend you guys uncross anything you've crossed and then cross it off as we go through. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Shannon is one point ahead right now. <laughs> Why? I said April Fool's Day, too. What? I said April Fool's Day, too. Should, she came out oh. with April Fool's Day at the end. Okay, fine. Okay. So, I okay. T- we should be tied. I, I mean, I apologize for, for missing the information I'm in sorry. that swift I have, reply. I appreciate that I got overwhelmed. I'm sorry for <laughs> the uncomfortable silences that anyone had to endure. All right. There's only comfortable silences on our podcast. I will not respond. Are you, um, is everything uncrossed? Yes. yes. Are you ready? What is the number one film from audiences in Rotten Tomatoes with 64%? So already nearly, well, over 10% less than the critics are giving it. Uh, I'm, I'm going to say. The fog. Oh. Original. Mm. I'm gonna say my bloody Valentine original because people like gore more than I do. <laughs> Katie's correct. The fog wins both yeah. the critic and the audience awards on Rum Tomato. It's I knew the one film that we have reviewed. God damn it! God damn it! Not prom night. The no, fog. I know, but that's my dancing song. <laughs> I know. Doing my disco. Number two for the Rum Tomatoes critics was the Silent Night remake. But what is going to be the audience one with sixty percent? Uh, I'm gonna stick with my bloody Valentine original. Again, okay. people like gore more than I do. I mean, it makes sense. This is a horror crowd. Yeah. They're going on Rotten Tomatoes. They're taking that time to vote. Yep. I'm going to say Silent Night remake. Ooh. You're both incorrect. It's the Stage Fright original. Damn it. It's 60%. For some reason, not reviewed by critics, but weird. audiences fucking love it. So Second weird. Second place That's really of everything weird. we've done. At third place with 51%, quite a drop. Yeah. Now, for the, for the critics, it was a My Bloody Valentine remake, which got 60%. Getting only 51% at third place from the audience is... What was it? 61%? 51%, 51%. Yeah. I'm going to say... Uh, 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 prom Night Original. Well, you've given up on your My Bloody, but you've given up on the audience wanting the blood. <laughs> yeah, well, listen, I got to switch it up. Um, right. It's probably the wrong move. Probably um, should have... Nice. Trying to decide between which Bloody Valentine I want to go for. Because I went to see my Bloody Valentine remake in cinema. So I think 
like people are going to review that more maybe than they would the original. Critics gave it the third spot. What did yeah, the I'll go with the say? remake. Number three with 51% on the audience scores is My Bloody Valentine, the original. No! <laughs> no! <laughs> you both came close on that one. God, I fucking damn it! 50-50. Number four, 47%. Still I mean, dropping. I gotta, I gotta stick with my guns no. now and say Prom Night Original because now I just gotta follow it through so maybe I can get one. Prom Night <laughs> Original from Shan. The uh, critics gave House and Sorority Row the original, their fourth spot. Is that what the public will do? No. Anticipation is high. It's so weird that they, we haven't hit any remakes yet. Well, no, it's the public. It's the public. I, I know, fucking hate them remakes. They would be more current, at least in. That's true. Well, they say they hate them remakes, but they go and buy ticket yeah. prices and the Blu rays. And <laughs> uh, they tell the industry we want the remakes while voting that they hate them online. That's what we do. Yeah. I will Katie. say. You said prom night, Shannon? I said Prom Night Original, yes. I'll say Sorority Row Original. You're both incorrect. Oh, it is, in fact, the original April Fool's Day. Oh, 47%. I mean, I agree. The public okay. have good taste. Okay. The public Number five, guys, 44%. Critics gave My Bloody Valentine Original the number five. What will the audience do? I mean, Prom Night Original. I'm, I'm just going to see it you through really, after getting fucked on My Bloody Valentine. I'm gunning for it. After, listen. I gave up on my bloody Valentine in the moment. So now, and you literally, you're guaranteed one more point if you just keep doing uh, this. Pretty much, pretty much. This is my strategy. Yeah, I want to remind you, Shannon. You are one point behind right now. Would you shut one it? One point behind. Oh man, I'm gonna stick with Sorority Row original. Sorority Row original from Katie's covering her eyeballs. It is, in fact, the My Bloody Valentine remake. So the critic and the audience awards swapped those two in placing. Uh, on their list, which I find Ugh. interesting. 39% guys at number six. And if you're listening to this and you're bored, feel free to skip forward because we've got a few more <laughs> to go through. Nothing is boring about this. But, uh, but normally we would go and talk about comic books and video games and franchise stuff. There aren't much franchise stuff to talk I'm sorry, guys. There's not much to talk about with these films. So we're so doing this, this instead. <laughs> yeah, number six, 39% guys. The critics gave Prom Night the original, their number six, but with, with, with 45%. Here we get to 39%. Prom Night Original. God damn it. Prom Night Original. She's going for it. She's going for it. Yep. What's Katie going to do? Uh, Still in the lead, Katie. You, you can rest on those laurels a little bit. I have I no want, laurels to rest laurel. on. <laughs> I'll say... I'm going to have to press you for quicker answers. I'm sorry. sorry. I'm just like, I don't know if I should go with Shannon's mode of just being like, sorority route, sorority route. Nobody knows other than me. Fine. I will say... I'm going to switch it up. I'm probably going to regret it. Silent Night remake. Ooh. Number six with 39% from the audience is Silent Night, Deadly Night, the original from 1984. <sighs> so cool. I'm going to kill myself. <laughs> hey, they love that montage music. Good grief. And who can blame them? Who can blame them? Number seven with 38%, guys. 38% number seven. The critics for the number seven, just to remind you, gave April Fool's Day the original. However, we've already had it on the audience because the mm -hmm. audience proved themselves smarter. What? I'm, listen, I'm probably going to fuck myself on this one now, but now I'm tired of voting for Prom Night Original. I feel like it's been unfulfilled. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, what so are you going now, for? So now I'm going to say Stage Fright Remake. I don't fucking know. Stage Fright Remake from Shannon. 38% number I'm seven. I'm going to say Prom Night Original. <laughs> oh, look what I happened. Tactics. I hate this so much. 
tactics. <laughs> Number seven, thirty-eight percent. It is from night the remake. surprises those audiences what is happening you guys are all wrong <laughs> it's fucking crazy right good night this is ridiculous all right all right let's get going number eight 35 percent what's going on uh the stay fright remake was number eight for the critics this is just throwing darts at a board right now because i'm like prom night original going back to it yeah. it's gonna be on there somewhere <laughs> reverted it was an exciting moment for a second she hasn't had it taken from she's taking that as a sign We've already voted Silent Night, the original, right? Not we did indeed. That's already happened at number six. Crossed off the wrong one. Mm -hmm. So we still got, we still got Silent Night remakes already. Row remake, Stage Fright remake, The Fog remake, April Fool's Day remake, Prom Night original, and House on Sorority Row original. They're the ones we've got left. Um, Prom Night original. I will. Say Lots of remakes to come, the guys. That's for sure. Silent Night remake. It was the original House on Sorority Row. God damn it! Thirty-five percent. I let go of my usual, and then it's gone. Shannon's still clinging to getting that one point. Prom Night original. <laughs> Number nine at 34%, only a tiny bit less. The critics Prom Night original. Silent Night, Deadly Night, the original. But we've already had that. We only have one original left. The rest are all remakes. What's prom Night be? original. Um, I'm gonna I say think good. Shannon wants the Prom Night original. Don't forget, you can still vote for the same thing Shannon has, or you can take her constant, constant failure as a sign that you should vote for something I'm going to say Stage Fright Remake. Oh. Stage Fright Remake from Katie. Prom Night original from Shannon. It is Prom Night. Oh, the original. Finally, there it is. Yes! Paid off. Prom Night. Prom Night. Prom Four night. points each, guys. As we go into the final stretch, Shannon's oh. played the only card she has. <laughs> so. <laughs> I'm going to say... Oh, what am I going to say? Number 10 with 33%. I'm saying Silent say Night. No. I'm going to say Stage Fright Remake. So we've got the Silent Night Remake, the Sorority Row Remake, the Stage Fright Remake, the Fog Remake, and that classic, the April Fool's Day Remake. I will say... Stage Fright Remake. Sorority... No, oh, Sorority Row Remake. Oh, Stage Sorority Fright Row. Sorority Row and Stage Fright from each of you. It was Silent Night, the remake. Oh. We're into our final four, guys. 31%. Number 11. Stage Fright Remake. Now she's going. She's like moving into another one. <laughs> yeah. I'll say Sorority Row. Yeah. It is right. Sorority Row it is? is correct. It is. God damn it. One more point. Five points to Katie. Four points to Shannon. You got three it. left to level or win, Shannon. It's, it's possible. I mean, it's not because it's not. look at your personality, but it is possible. <laughs> I mean, it has to be between stage fright and the fog. Because April yeah. Fool's Day is not on anyone's list here. You'd think, yeah, I'm wouldn't I'm going to say stage fright again. However, let me not. Let's just remember that the critics' number two film out of everything we covered was the Silent Night remake. This is That's true. true. And many other strange things have happened on this list. Number 12 for 27%. What could it be, guys? I'll say, the good side. I'll say stage fright. It's stage fright. Yeah! Shannon's back in the game. Five it. points each, guys. It's all going to come down to these last two. And you think... You both know what's the last one, but do you? That's the thing. So you got to prove, do you play tactical or do you play against your opponent? Number 13 with 18%. And by default, you're then going to be picking the number 14 with 17%. Yeah. So There's very no close, guys. Just, 
just so it doesn't end in a tie, I'm going to say. April Fool's Day got seven, gets between just the 17 to be and 18%. Just, that's what I'm trying to say. Just to be clear, no matter how sure you are of which one's the last, 17 and 18% are the figures between these final two rankings. Yeah. So just one person's vote, essentially, could maybe change this. I will oh choose. God. If you're taking the Fog remake, I will take April Fool's remake because we can't oh end this God. in a fucking tie. So you're basically saying you'll do the opposite of whatever Katie says. Correct. Yeah. Okay, so we're leaving up to Katie. Oh, I thought she already the- chose. Yeah, I, I know, said the fog. The fog at 13. April Fool's, April Fool's Day, Day remake. Helping, like, come on, people. With a 1% between them, Katie's correct. Yeah, I knew it. Yeah. <laughs> that was a good tiebreaker, guys. Can I just say, though, beyond anything else on this list, audience, you're fucking crazy. April you're Fool's Day remake crazy. getting 17%. Yeah. Insane. Insane. <laughs> Everyone go on Rotten Tomatoes right now and just and just do your voting. <laughs> just yeah. keep, drive that film down, please. Yeah. Uh, congratulations, Katie. In a game that no one wanted to play or listen to, you won, and I'm very proud of you. Mm-hmm. I thought uh, maybe April Fool's Day remake would edge it out just because like it had a larger cast. I feel like so maybe their moms were like on Rotten to- Tomatoes just like <laughs> or they voting just that voted shit for in. themselves. That is true. When you're that yeah, when you're filmed this that bad, everyone's like, no, let's go. Like the producers will get involved. You're like yeah. Buy 30 mm-hmm. accounts just to vote. <laughs> Whoever's well done, guys. hairdresser gave her that terrible haircut was like, I'll get Ooh. that for your movie. That, yeah, that yep. pink dress. Really staggering, though, just how different from IMDb to the audience on Rotten Tomatoes to the critics on Rotten Tomatoes. Like, it's, it's just the, the only definite was the Fog re- uh, original yeah. was the highest rated. Yeah. And from IMDb, the Fog original has 6.8, as does actually... The original stage fright those two are the highest rated on imdb wow so again like just just other than other than everyone saying the fog original is great that's yeah. the one thing that people are saying that we can know agreed all right guys let's get into our list uh we've only got a few best killer is our first one i'm gonna go quick here yeah i love harry in original my bloody valentine well he's not really harry but i'd like to pretend he's harry yeah i think he's he's maybe my favorite but i do want to give a real big nod to the Santa Killer in the Silent Night remake. I think he's actually really cool. I um, have like just visually. A Santa Killer in Silent Night as my favorite killer, mainly because that's the one that scares me the most. <laughs> you guys are both delusional. It's obviously a man in an owl mask. <laughs> I fucking knew you were going to go Come for that. Come on. And you're, Come you're, on. you're not wrong. Mm-hmm. It's the best. It's the best. Especially when they have the spotlight and they shine it up in the rafters and he's just perched up there just staring <laughs> down. Like, and he looks genuinely startled like an owl. He's like, oh, ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> it's the It's the blacked it's so out good. eyes of the Santa mask that get me over. Because yeah. for me, it was a choice between Harry and my Bloody Valentine original and the Silent Night kill it. Because both of those are the ones that I was like, and nightmares, here we come. <laughs> I just didn't find... I don't really see why he had to have a mask in Silent Night. Like, that no, but, was he my, but that's the whole point. Pl- okay, I get so what it. I like, I get it. What I like about Silent Night one is one that he can walk around in public, which is cool. Mm-hmm. So you can just walk down the street in the daytime, dressed as yeah. Santa. I mean, Amelia is still terrifying. You right. would look. I'm not. But he's a little bit Santa's more lab. exactly. Uh, but I like that about it, and I do think it's genuinely it's a really cool, scary design. My Bloody Valentine is a really good practical and scary design. Yeah. Like it makes mm-hmm. sense with the story, which is nice. Uh, stage fright is just fucking bananas and I love it for that. That's yeah. my second favorite killer, actually, is the <laughs> metal killer from Stage Fright. Show your fucking uh, face! You like the, yeah, the remake? Okay. Yeah. 
Yeah, his mask is pretty cool too, actually. I mean, to yeah. be honest, like all four of those characters, if they were in a film together, that'd be fun. Yeah. And there were some strong, there were some strong designs in these mm-hmm. films. Best final girl. Now, this is hard. Oh. Nope. Because I feel there's I lots of- No okay. contest for me. Go for it, guys. Go. <laughs> Jamie Lee Curtis in Prom Jamie Night. She elevates that fog. film. Oh, in the fog. Oh, oh, I have her in Prom Night. This is why I'm saying- one. She's like one of the best final girls in the fog because she's active- She's making her own choices. She's not running around in heels when she should be in boots. She's in boots the whole time. She can still be sexy, but she can drive a truck. Like, she's great. I said prom night original because I thought her job in that was she made that film better by just being in it. But this is why I say it's difficult because this is a problem. Yeah, we've got. Okay, so like, if we're looking outside of Jamie Lee Curtis, like I know you guys didn't agree with some of these, but like, there's nothing. I enjoy Amy Steele, but it's not her best role in April Fool's Day. I like Kate McNeil as Catherine. Actually, I know you guys hated her a bit uh, in the House of Sorority Row. But the problem is, is you've got Jamie Lee Curtis in the Fog and the Prom Night originals. But in the Prom Night original, she's not really a final girl. Like she's great, yeah, but her character is not great yeah. and doesn't really do anything in the Fog. Again, I don't really think she's the final girl. Like, yeah. a lot of people survive. It's an ensemble film, so it's a hard one to judge. But she does have more to do, and I do think she's great in The Fog. Um, so I would give it to her. I also like Adrian Barbeau, actually, in The Fog. I think she's yeah. cool, mm-hmm. too. But yeah, it is, it's a weird one, because they don't have, like, those... The best two performances aren't the best final girls, if you I know think, what I mean. To me, Adrian is more of the final girl in The Fog, just because she has the one-on-one fight at the end. Sure. That, whereas, like, Jamie Lee Curtis is in that is in the group setting and things like that and shit's going to say so because she gets singled out yeah. that's but yeah mm. yep tricky one tricky one mm-hmm. best kills now as we know shannon went back and watched all of them again <laughs> shannon what's your favorite so okay so i have two i have one that i could actually stand to watch because it happens so quickly and i enjoy what it means for the story and that's the mini driver in the stage fright remake where okay. the, he shoves the like thing down her throat and all that i was like okay and it happened so quickly and be- because there was like camp and things like that involved i was actually still watching i wasn't under the blanket in it but then one that i didn't watch the actual killing but i watched the setup to i think is the suit dropping kill in the original my bloody valentine i just think that's a cool premise where she's like where all Mm. the suits are dropping and it leads to a very gruesome kill which i um, again did not see and will block out from my memory the fact that it ever happened um in front of me (laughs) Um, but i think that the setup for it is super cool with the suits dropping Mm -hmm. yeah i agree that's my favorite kill scene i think again in the uncut version Mm -hmm. and it's a great like it's great nasty imagery my Blood Valentine actually has quite a lot of fun ones in there. Yeah, the, I mean, actually, a lot of these had quite a lot of fun kills in there. The, I mean, the one that I'm going to cheer the most to is the woodchipper scene, for sure. Yeah, yeah, I had that one as well as also from My Bloody Valentine, that hot dog water one. Yeah. God, it gives Ugh. me the creeps yeah. thinking about it. <laughs> and it's not because of anything other than I'm like, I know what that water smells like. And I don't know why, but in my heart, I'm like, that's disgusting. I would... That would be worse for me than like having my head shoved in a not a toilet that's been used, obvious or like has remnants in it, but because that'd be disgusting. But those ones where people shove people's head or like drown them in toilets. Yeah, I think I would almost rather that than hot dog water. I had that happen to me when I first went to boarding school. That's disgusting. Put your head Ugh. in toilets and then flush it. 
Ugh. Lots of fun. Yeah, just to be clear with people, the Woodchipper Kill, we've talked for a few times, that's from the Silent Night remake. I think that we can all agree, if you want a film with the most fun kills, it's definitely the My Bloody Valentine original. Yeah. yeah that's the yeah. film for it. For sure. Best song is something that we have to do, because, oh boy, there was a lot of songs. There was. A lot I, of songs. I mean, I feel like in terms of, like, duh, Stage Fright original, but because of the love I've grown for it over the course of doing this podcast. For me, it is the earworm of my life. Prom night, prom night, prom night, prom night. I would honestly, it's hard because after Al, you mentioned the My Bloody Valentine being sung by Jack Black. That's kind of all I want in life. Oh, yeah. Is that to be covered? Because if it was covered by him, Mm -hmm. I would. There are so many songs. So say that because it's, I was like, besides prom night, nobody has their own song in this series. Well, no, no one has a title, but like you got like the Prom Night one, you got Wrong Side of the Door from Silent Night, Deadly Night Guys, Hello, the montage. Oh, yeah, yeah. Which is phenomenal. Uh, At the end of April Fool's Day, you got Mama Told Me Not to Come, which is just an actual great song. Yeah. Uh, You got the one that you mentioned earlier, Katie, I think from House and Sorority Row. Is that the one it was from? You mentioned something earlier. I was like, fuck, I forgot about that. And then I wrote it down. I thought what you were saying it. No, no, the band. Yeah, the band. Oh, no, yeah, the band. Playing, like, four the out of five doctors. Four out of five doctors. That, that's so insane. Good. Like Their music so is brilliant. Good. It's so good. Yeah. And then we've got, yeah, the opening song from the Silent Night remake, which is, I just think, brilliant. And then, yeah, the My Bloody Valentine song. Like, There's a lot of fucking. There's a lot of good ones. We got to make a little playlist, guys. Yeah. Yeah. I'd be into it. Fuck. This is tough. Yeah. yeah. In real life, I'm going to listen to Mama Told Me Not to Come the most, but I have to say, I want to give huge kudos to the opening song from the Silent Night remake because I just think it's, I genuinely think it's a really good melody. I think the lyricism is really good. And the fact that the writer director of the movie wrote that as well and yeah. composed it, like, I think that was pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, before we get into the Bingo Award and then ranking the movies, and I haven't mentioned the Bingo Award yet, so if you're new to us, feel confused. Yeah. <laughs> the funniest unintentional moment, only if you've got one, guys, not if you don't. This was so hard, but I'm going to say <laughs> everything. The funny. This was the hardest one for me to figure out. And I had to go with what I thought was truly unintentional because mm-hmm. I was like, oh, maybe it's Malcolm McDowell, but I don't think that's unintentional. Oh, my God. <laughs> don't say the same one as me. <laughs> but I'm going to say Jamie King discovering <laughs> the snowflake ornament oh jesus oh. Christ. in the oh, silent night so remake oh and the subsequent 
Oh, crying God, or so like beautiful. really working. It was, I was torn between is it Jamie King on the bridge in My Bloody Valentine remake oh. and that scene, or is it Jamie King discovering the snowflake? And I decided <laughs> we're getting that you love Jamie King. The snowflake was because both of those are purely unintentional and like can only be watched through laughing. But I think the filming that makes that such a moment with the snowflake. Oh, it's insane. Insane. And the music. Like, it's like nobody, nobody intended for that. Everybody intended for that to be like the turning point. (laughs) And it's nothing. A goddamn dickhead object. (laughs) So that's my unintentional funny moment. I'm pretty proud of it. (laughs) I actually had. I feel like I'm in a therapy session and I just had a breakthrough because I remembered something from my past. (laughs) He's like, that's why you have trouble with the winter. And I'm like, oh, my God. (laughs) Katie, I feel like you're going to pick something from Silent Night, the remake as well. Well, I was. And then I kind of now I'm kind of on board with Shannon's line of thinking, which is kind of the actually something that was intended to be serious. And then but it was ridiculous at the time. Yeah. And I'm going to have, I mean, there was so much to be ridiculous about, because I was initially going to say Malcolm McDowell with don't put avocado on the burger. Mm-hmm. That's oh, such I, a fucking great line. And I want a t-shirt. Like I'm going to reach out to somebody and be like, can I just get a profile of Malcolm McDowell? And then that line underneath yeah. it. But it, I mean, just the bafflingness of the April Fool's Day remake in the car lot, in the parking lot scene with her running around in what is meant to be heels. Yeah. Oh, that's such a good one. And then all of a sudden, it's not stiletto boots anymore. She is in knee-high socks with yep. tennis shoes. <laughs> yep. And we're just not meant to see that or at least just to be so enraptured in this moment with her that we don't notice. Mm-hmm. And that's ridiculous. Like, there's yeah. so much in that movie to be ridiculed. Yeah. That whole that. movie, unintentionally. Yeah. But th- that but, was my thing not... with that movie is that it was so bad, I couldn't find it funny. Yeah, that's yeah. the problem with that movie. It's I how it's a laugh at and it. And I agree with that, but I will never, ever, ever watch that film again. But I no. will always remember that no. from there. And no one should. If you're listening to this, do not watch. No, and just, just without Day watching Reading. it even, just vote it down from 17%. Yeah. <laughs> That's a terrible thing to say as, as people in the industry. But. Don't care. I mean, there's so, yeah, like, there's so many great moments. And it's very hard to always know what's intentional and what isn't. Like, mm-hmm, is yeah. the pan up, the, is the pan up Billy and Silent Night, Deadly Night before the music montage meant to be? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. And another one, which is hard to prove, but I've seen it quite a few times and I really do think it's not meant to be how it comes across. Uh, hands down, my favorite has to be Jack from Dawson's Creek stepping out from behind the curtains in the hospital. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty great. <laughs> <laughs> in the My Bloody Valentine remake. That's pretty great. It really good. destroys me every time. And every time I watch the film, I'm just waiting for that moment. i like, he's, he's, he's going to pop out any minute now with his serious <laughs> face. <laughs> Love it. All right, guys. So before we get to finally ranking these movies and getting the hell out of here, and I'll talk about what we're going to be covering next week, the Bingo Award. So for those of you who don't know, Shannon did not watch watch. she doesn't like horror films she'd never seen any slasher films before doing this series this has been her introduction so before she came into it she very kindly created a massive bingo template on the wall behind her with flashing lights and and topless men and just all this fun stuff and she's been going through each film and ticking off how many of the 24 is that correct yes that the bingo average 24 boxes to tick off we're not going to go through them all again if you want to hear every single one 
go to episode one, listen. She lists off everything that's in yeah. her bingo. But you Maybe have been scoring them. it or something, Shannon. Oh, maybe. Okay. Yeah, that'd be or nice. Put it in your IG stories. Take a photo of the huge, you know, light up board behind you yeah. and post that on your, on your socials. You sleep with that thing. It's so bright. I know. Well, listen, I carry it with me always. Oh, okay. If I carry it with me, I mean drag it behind me because it's huge. So Shannon, do you have them all in the list or do you just I have do. the top one? Can you uh, give us like a top three then or something like that? Uh, ye- Yes. Well, so there's a tie for the top Ooh, spot. And in fact, there's a couple ties. So I'll go through. So right now, um, there's a do everything. We three don't way. Die. What'd you say? Please don't do everything. We don't have the will or the time. To. I'm not going to. Uh, but right now, there is a three-way tie yeah, with is. three films checking off 10 bingo boxes um, for second place. And that's Prom Night Original, Silent Night, Deadly Night, the remake, and Stage Fright remake. Those, all three of those checked off 10 boxes. Hound, Silent Night, the remake. Not yes, the original. excuse me. Silent okay. Night, the remake. Yes. Okay. Okay. So that's... So the original Prom Night and then two remakes got 10. I mean, that's alarmingly low. Yes. I'm really hoping your number one spot is a little higher. Well, I it's mean, a it has tie. to be, obviously. <laughs> it, it's a tie, but I've come up with um, the tiebreaker of it. Um, so there's a tie at 12 each. So still only half the bingo card, right? That's terrible. I know. Yeah, uh, but you have to look at it not as industry standards but what shannon had Correct. coming in shannon's yeah and yeah. i learned kind a lot like no. refreshing but also yeah still yeah because like- we talk about it i forget there's another podcast where we talk about it like one of the things i have listed is like person of color dies first and right. i think i said then like you can't have a person of color die first in the 80s when they didn't even fucking cast them <laughs> you know so there's just stuff like that that's on my list but a tide at 12 squares each is sorority row remake and mm. my bloody valentine original yeah that, that makes sense that checks yeah. out. both of those are at 12 and for the tie breaker i would give it to my bloody valentine's original because my bloody valentine doesn't do some of the things that like are the easy scores in other ones right, right. sure like there's no boobs. There's none of the closet hiding. Things like that that are like Basic easy, staples. Yeah, that are like easy knockoffs, right? And also, to be fair, we're not sure if Final Girl in that, if we're supposed to believe that she's a virgin or not. It's That's like, true. It doesn't come up. So that would have put them at 13. I mean, I think she's not. But yeah. Yeah. I hear what you're saying. Yes. And also, My Blood Valentine was the fuel of nightmares for you. So. Correct. Mm-hmm. Correct. So it makes sense to me that that's... So I'm going to declare that our bingo card winner by default. That is Shannon's presumptuous stereotypical slasher film winner. Yeah. <laughs> is My Bloody Valentine original. And now my goal is, so I'm going to take your list of all of your bingo tick boxes mm-hmm. and I'm going to find it. I'm going to find the 80 slasher that ticks off every box and then we're going to watch that film. And we'll reveal it on a future episode because I need to figure out Good one luck. that ticks everything. Oh, my God. I, especially because, like, some of these boxes, I feel like they cancel out one another. I'll find it. Okay. <laughs> some of these films cancel out one another. That's so don't worry about it. might also be really cathartic if we can't find it to make Shannon write it. <laughs> yeah. Just make that movie. Or Al we'll write it, it and then Shannon has to be in it. <laughs> no. <laughs> That's the killer. Don't worry. <laughs> oh, I would do it if I was the killer. That'd be great. Or the final girl. I mean, because duh. 
Yeah, sure. You can't be both. Calm down. You don't know that. <laughs> I'm sorry. I think the original ending to House and Sorority Row says that proves that wrong. Yeah, there. Is, I mean, there is a yeah, there is a slasher film, and they use slasher in a slightly loose terminology, which has 100% that the mm-hmm. killer. Well, there's a couple actually, where the final goal is the killer. Thank you very much, Shannon. Appreciate you. You can wheel that away now from behind you. Thank put you. it in retirement until another, until we return. Oh, great. Again, it has hurt me a little bit because you. I don't feel your your introduction to slasher films meant you haven't seen. <laughs> the best <laughs> slasher films you've been sort of grouped into these crazy fucking weird things which uh, you know as people have been listening to our old ones a friday 13th one will be a lot more fun for you mm-hmm. halloween the original is a masterpiece a nightmare on elm street one is a near masterpiece but also terrifying so maybe too much for you i don't know mm-hmm. but hey johnny Dopp, johnny depp in like a little crop top so <laughs> what else do you want in life yeah. when he's like 19 years old or something ridiculous god he's a better boy Yes, Black Christmas is great. I mean, there's lots of ones that I think you would get a lot more out of, both artistically and just as a piece of fun than you did mm-hmm. these, just to make it clear. But I'm incredibly appreciative that you came on this crazy ride. Um, and Katie, you're just this is your life now, so I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. So let's get into ranking these films, guys. Whew. As we've been talking, I've been changing my rankings. This is really hard. Well, mine have been locked in pretty tight because, yeah, I'm a nerd. So as we do each film, I will put a rating down next to it out of and then i gradually just yeah shuffle them around a tiny bit sometimes but pretty much as i go through they just lock into place and as i said my list will include the other 80 slashes with remakes that we haven't covered on this show but we have recovered and covered previously on on the weird geek show who wants to go first let's start let's start with katie because she looks (laughs) unsure of herself (laughs) well i was just going over it i'm like do i need to change anything and then i was like no i'm leaving it you happy I think All right, I'm good. So f- from I'll your last place. One of you tells me that I'm wrong, and, and I'll say it's my <laughs> list, and you can fuck off. Yeah. Nobody's wrong, other than the people who voted April Fool's Day remake at seventeen percent. What? Yeah. I'm wrong, Tabatas. Oh well, the world to is those wrong. people, I say April Fool's Day remake is my bottom of the pile. Interesting. Controversial choice. Right. I feel like that's going to track amongst all three of us. <laughs> uh, sorority Row remake. Next. Oh, interesting. Okay. Ah, okay. Well, that's worse than the fog and prom night. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, prom night yeah. is right next to it, but okay. I would rather watch the the fog remake any day. Interesting. Since I didn't hate it as much as you guys hated it, but it's fine. Prom night remake is third. Okay. My bloody well, Valentine remake. The fog remake. <laughs> Hound, so my, my Bloody Valentine's underneath the fog hound. So wait, so we've got April wow. Fool's Day remake. Yeah, I really don't then... like Jamie King. <laughs> yeah, girl, feel you. I really, really didn't <laughs> like it in that. It like it was so dumb. It was making me upset. That whole snowflake so, thing, I did not find funny. I found it abysmal. So hang on, so that's April Fool's Day at the bottom. Yeah. Then, sorry. Sorority then Row. Sorority Row. Remake. Yeah. Then Prom Night, prom remake. night remake. Prom Night. My Bloody then Valentine My remake. Bloody Valentine. And then the, and then the, the fog, fog remake. remake. Interesting. Followed by Silent Night remake. Man, all those remakes right down the bottom. I don't like them. April Fool's Wasn't Day it, original. Which one did you vote above, though? One of them you voted above. I'm coming origi- to it. Oh, mm-hmm. right, Jesus Christ. It's at the top of my list, obviously. <laughs> April Fool's Day original is your yeah. eight? Is that what you said? Yeah. Silent Night original. Sorority okay. Row original. Okay. Prom Night original. Okay. Stage Fright original. <laughs> Okay. Stage Fright Remake. There it is. Hey. My Bloody Valentine and then The Fog. My Bloody Valentine number two and then The Fog at number one. 
Okay, okay. So very, very. So the only remake to break out of just the bottom stage cluster fright. was was Stage Fright. Yeah. Where was Silent Night? How to remake? Silent Night remake mm. was right after April Fool's Day. Okay. Okay. So that kind of slightly breaks out, does it? No. Yeah. No. Was that in that bottom rung? Silent Night remake was still in the in the bottom. Okay. Okay. It's one, two, three. Sorry, I didn't write it down. I normally six. write it down. Silent Night remake was my six. Silent Night original was my eight. Okay, so yeah, so it breaks out from... There's a cluster of remakes at the bottom and the Silent Night remake just it's breaks still, out of those. It's at the very top of... Sure, sure, sure. Mm-hmm. But you have an original underneath it, yeah? No. Oh, okay. I'm really fucking confused. <laughs> All of them are down. remakes up until April Fool's Day. Okay. And then only Stage Fright remake breaks out of that. Which we have very different thoughts on April Fool's Day. Spoilers. <laughs> well, Shannon, why don't you spoil it for us? Whew! Number 14... We are in agreement, and I think that's the only one that we have the same at April Fool's Day remake. Worst movie I've ever seen in my entire fucking life. <laughs> uh, number 13 for me is the Fog remake. Wow. No, no, no but I think, look, it's, look, we all agreed it's terrible. Yeah, it's fine. Like, Katie just slightly enjoyed it more than the rest of yeah, us. Yeah, it's fine. Because she loves those CGI ghost romances. Yeah, <laughs> I do. Go I get Casper. it. I, I just get like it. guys picking up random hitchhiking girls who turn out to be super hot. <laughs> well, she is and not. I mean, actually, in the, his girlfriend who he doesn't recognize. The, yeah. <laughs> yeah, she's a fucking nightmare in she's that. Awful. <laughs> yeah, she's terrible. And no you pants. just wear that jacket and that hat, and all of a sudden you're related to a ship captain. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> Amazing. I didn't even think about it lined up, but that's true. <laughs> I wonder if that's what the hat was. Yeah, it was absolutely. Oh God, I hate that film. Uh, sorry, Shannon. Continue. Uh, now, this one was a hard one for me um, between this one and the next one. But number 12, I did Prom Night remake, mainly because of how it ends. Because I don't mind the sanitizedness of it, but, uh, you know, yeah. Idris coming in to save the day. Uh, number 11 was the Silent Night remake for me. Well, <laughs> only because you didn't see half of it. Uh, probably. <laughs> Probably. And because, like, too scary. That's Santa. Too scary. <laughs> and Jamie King and Snowflakes and, yeah. Yeah. Uh, number 10 is the My Bloody Valentine remake. Number 9 is the Sorority Row remake. Because remember, that was the one that I was like, I voided for a Sorority Row remake in that episode. I, again, did. I'm used to shitty men writing shitty wi- shitty movies for women. <laughs> That's and true. then number eight, I have please, please hire. <laughs> right, hey, <laughs> shitty men, write a shitty role for me. I will play it. I am compliant. Flat. I am compliant. <laughs> <laughs> uh, number eight is House on Sorority Row original. Okay, that's higher than I thought you were going to give it. That's that's. Yeah, I know. I was waiting for it to be super low because of the clown. I just remember you going, fuck clowns, fuck the fucking clowns, like the whole this is last one, 10 minutes. Yeah, fucking this is clowns. for sure one that like upon reflection, I kind of went, I was like, okay, what are the like things that I would tell people about this movie, right? And ultimately it came down to like, I hated this fucking movie, but I hated all of them in some ways. Uh <laughs> <laughs> so it was like this one was like weird and ridiculous so there's a lot of like like i would talk to james about like there's this weird ridiculous thing in it you know that to me says like okay a great band great band there's a great band it would have been such a good like by 
podcast, like byline podcast to just hear you summarize these to James would have been an amazing thing to hear. Yeah, that would have been a much shorter, more concise, yeah. and probably yeah. more enjoyable. Would, my summarizing it to James is always like, well, Al fucked me again. <laughs> <laughs> Every week just gets worse and worse. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, so number seven for me is Stage Fright Original. Wow. Number six mm. is Silent Night Original. I Okay. And like I was torn between whether this was going to be higher because I it's ridiculous, but I loved it. Number five is only this high because I can recognize that it is good in this genre. My Bloody Valentine original. Was it good for me? Go. No. No. <laughs> no. That's nice. So at least you recognize. Yeah, this is, you know, a but success can, of what yeah. it's trying to do. Correct. I can recognize all of those things. Number four. Also, it was a squeaker between this one and the next one. Squeaker. A squeaker. Uh, number four is Stage Fright Remake. Number three is Prom Night Original because I feel like... Oh, wow. What? I know. But mainly because, A, going back and watching that scene again really did like make me go, okay, this movie is fun. You know what I mean? Wow. So, in no world would I have thought that you would put that above the stage fright remake. Look I at feel you, like your face of gleeful controversy. I know. I feel like in with all the movies we've watched at this point, Prom Night Original is probably the one that I would suggest to people the most because it is both ridiculous <laughs> and Jamie Lee Curtis is great in it, and I think it is actually trying to like do something serious you, you remember know what the I mean? opening scene with the kids right yeah, <laughs> yeah i yeah. like that scene i know i like that scene too these kids were great uh, and and the fucking voice in his head is <laughs> right oh yeah that was not good yeah that was not good uh and the fucking gardener with the sheep <laughs> <laughs> yeah but like that shit is ridiculous and kind of great in its ridiculousness oh wow for me yeah i mean uh, look a lot of people love that movie so you're you're in company there don't worry number two April Fool's Day original. Excellent choice. Very happy about that. And number and where one. where was that on yours, Katie? What? That was low for me. That was low. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was uh, just above the remakes for me. Number one is the Fog original. No contest. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. <laughs> did you think when you started this series, the very first film you saw would be your favorite? <laughs> no, I did not. And But, like, the reason that that's number one for me is because I remember... I viscerally remember whenever that movie started, the first 30 minutes, there's not that much that happens. But I legit, because of the way they set up, the because of the music, because of the the shots, because of how they're setting the scene, I was legit like, I don't know if I can make it. She really was. I distinctly Um, remember sitting there next to her. And as it started, like just even the font at the beginning, and it was like, oh, no. Yeah. Uh, no, no. Oh no. Oh uh, no. Katie, is it? Are you sure this isn't scary? And I was like, no, 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 no. It's like eighties. <laughs> You'll be fine. Blah, blah. And she was just like, you could just see her like turtling yeah. and like retreating. And yeah. I was like, oh man, if we can't get through this, I don't know how, if this is gonna work. <laughs> I think the only reason that that movie starts to divert has more to do with like the technical capabilities of what was that 1981 or something mm-hmm. because you know whenever yeah. you finally see the monsters they're campy and 
right. all that sort of stuff. It's something that like if the remake wasn't like stayed closer to the original, it could have sure. been great. Yeah. Well, and that's also a testament to two things. One, I think it tells a little bit about uh, the quality of the slasher films we've been dealing with here, yeah. even though many are beloved ones. It's like the fog isn't really a slasher film. We got into that in our podcast. If you're new to us, like we, we understand. But there are reasons if you go back and you'll listen and we'll explain why we included it. But also, it's the only one here. Dumb. I mean, John Carpenter is the only director here yeah. of True Note. Like, he is yeah. a legend, and he knows what he's doing. And he yeah, directed one of the greatest films of all time. And many other wonderful films, and The Fog is one of them. Um, so, yeah, there's a level of just, just elegance and competency and vision there, mm-hmm. which makes it stand out. Yeah. Very interesting list. A couple of surprises there. All right, so my ones, I've got, like I said before, so I've included Nightmare on Elm Street and its remake, Friday the 13th and its remake. I haven't included Child's Play yet, because that remake's not out, so I can't fold that in and i split these in as i said before into terrible watchable and unrecommendable because there's a very easy divide for me yeah. between those three yeah the terrible ones that i'm just like no one should ever touch them for any reason yeah that's really how i feel about them uh even though they're increments of enjoyability that i get out of them so yeah right at the bottom of course april fool's day 2008 that's my 18th film. At 17 is Prom Night 2008. I hate both these films. Prom Night just has more money and competency going on. I mean, April Fool's Day has a stupid amount of money for how fucking terrible it is. Mm-hmm. Prom Night but is Prom Night, watchable. Yeah, you can totally yeah. watch it and just be angry. Um, like my mom whereas can April watch Fool's it Day, she would be fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's, there's proficiency just because they're hiring technicians to make mm-hmm. that film, you know? Yeah. And then for me at 16, The Fog remake, it, uh, I, this film made me really angry and then Prom Night just made me even angrier in April Fool's Day, lose the will to live. But there are moments in The Fog remake that are okay, but there's a lot of things that make me really angry too with that film. And then topping off the terrible group is the Sorority Row remake, which I think is more fun than the other ones, mm-hmm. which is why it's just, and, I, and it's so thin between that and The Fog for me. Um, but it's just slightly better because I do think it's slightly more fun. However, I think that the messaging and the story and a lot of the dialogue is abhorrent mm-hmm. <laughs> in that movie. Then we get into Watchable. So these are films which honestly I'm just like, all of these films, if you're a genre fan and you're into slashes or you just want to have fun with your friends, you could totally watch any of these films and get something out of them. You don't have to pay full attention if you don't want to. Number 14 is My Bloody Valentine, the remake. I think we've all placed that much lower than most people would. A lot of people really enjoy that movie. Again, I always think I'm going to really enjoy it, and I enjoy moments of it, but overall, the ending just ruins the whole film for me. Uh, 13 is Prom Night in the original. I just, I just can't. I try so many times. I've watched that film maybe seven times. I just can't get fully on board with that film. I, this was the time I enjoyed it the most, and this is as high as it's getting on my list. And number 12 is the Silent Night remake. I like this film. I actually think it's the best of the just sort of, you know, standard slasher remakes from that we've dealt with. Um, because I think stage fright's a bit a little different. Yeah, I think it's good fun. I think there are some cool kills. It's a shame that it has some tonal problems. <laughs> Malcolm and Dow's fucking insane. Yeah. Um, but whatever. But amazing. Uh, you don't 11. put hummus on a burger. <laughs> What's a bit like with men? Like we hum- the dinosaur bit is a bit of killed me. <laughs> number eleven is Silent Night, Deadly Night, the original. Just beats out the remake for me slightly, but I did I did vote for the remake in the podcast, but it was just because you guys didn't, and I feel they're both so close to each other. It just depends yeah. on your mood mm-hmm. and what you want. They're very different films. Yeah. Now into my top 10, and again, we're still just in the watchable category. We've got the Stage Fright remake for me at number 10. Again, I think that first song, phenomenal. I think there are great moments throughout. Uh, I like the killer mask. 
I think it's a, it's a miracle of science that the girl's boobs don't pop out in the ending yeah, of the film. That really is. <laughs> um, so lots of great moments, but it's uh, there's a lot of things that annoy the crap out of me. Meatloaf, the ending, just uh, the other songs don't have the same joy to them. It's fine. Number nine, again, something we didn't see here, A Nightmare on Elm Street remake from 2010. Mm-hmm. People love to hate on this film. Oh. We covered it already, me and Alex. I went back and watched it again. I actually think it's 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 a much better movie than people give it credit for, but it has some systematically terrible uh, problems with it. But yeah, we don't have time to get into that here. Number eight, Stage Fright, the original. I enjoy this film quite a lot. It's just so unique, so weird, such an interesting flavor. Uh, yeah, I will definitely be watching that film again at some point. Number seven, The House and Sorority Row, the original. Again, I like this film a lot. Like, it has its problems. The ending is abrupt and terrible. <laughs> but... Yeah, there's a nice build. I like the music. I like the narrative story. I like the dynamic between the girls in it. I quite like this one. And at number six, at the top of my watchable, and for genre fans, I do apologize because they're going to get upset with me. But again, we've covered this film, so people will know. Friday the 13th, the original from 1980. I'm not the biggest fan of this film. I don't like... It's fine. I like it more than these other ones. I do think there's a level of competency there. Kevin Bacon's a lot of fun. There's some cool kills in it, and it has a cool mood. But I don't think it's a classic most people think it is. So now my top five, these are ones that I really stand behind, that I would be like, people should check out these movies, not just hard deep cut genre fans. Number five for me is My Bloody Valentine, the original. I still have problems with it. I still don't love it like everybody else does, but I do, again, like Shannon's saying, you can tell, yes, this is a film which I get why people love it. I just don't love it as much as they do. But the kills are great. The character's great. There's some fun twists with it. It's silly as well and bad in a good way, as well as good in a good way at times. So I like them. Number four, contentious as well, but I've already covered this, so get over it. Friday the 13th, the remake. I fucking love this movie. And in all honesty, I've wa- I mean, this is the film I watch the most. Like, I watch the Friday the 13th remake way too much. Mm-hmm. It has a lot of problems, as most Michael Bay produced films do. Yeah. But uh, it's a lot of fun. I enjoy that movie. My top three, April Fool's Day, the original, and number three. I really dig this movie. Yeah. I like the vibe of it. I like that it's shot more aesthetically pleasing and closer to a John Carpenter film. I think it's got great... I think that you could just tell there's a good writer and good cast behind this film. Whether the story annoys you or not, whether it you know, succeeds in all the errors or not, I think that's completely subjective. But there's talent behind this film mm-hmm. rather than just excited, creative people. Number two for me is The Fog. Yeah, I fucking love this movie. Every time I see it, I like it more. And I really respect the first, again, 50% of this movie, I think is a legitimate classic. I think the first 50% should be up there with the original Halloween and mm-hmm. films like that. The second 50%, it, like, it gets a bit muddled with the storytelling. Yeah. yeah, the villains aren't shown quite in the right way. But it's still fun. It just becomes a B-movie movie. But I like it a lot. And yeah, again, if we're covering everything, my number one, 100%, by quite a leap above the fog, is the original A Nightmare on Elm Street, which is a stunning movie. I know some people nowadays don't like it as much. I think it's a f- just a fantastic movie. It's not quite up there with Halloween, but Halloween was 1978, which is why I'm not including it on this list. But yeah, absolutely fucking love a nightmare on elm street the original yeah. there you go guys we there did it our lists well done well a done. lot of films Woo. we did it so guys you are both now released from the horror show shackles wow. you can wander off into the world i will say um i've learned a lot along this journey that's the question though shannon would you do it again so before this podcast was recording 
Uh, you did two things. You said something to do with, what was it? You said it was a list you made to do with things. Oh, yeah. I came up with a list of lessons that I've learned from slasher movies. Excellent. So I want to hear that. And also you started asking, can we do a director's retrospective as we were yes. saying we want it. We did a Danny Boyle one many years ago. No one listened to it. And we we're always wanting to do more. So if you do want to, please tweet at us or go to mail at weirdgeeks.com and well, let us I know. I still feel like we could merge into, yeah, using not like genre, more directors. genre directors or even just doing, you know, things like Twin Peaks or mm-hmm. like Problem the, with- the more sci-fi ones. I mean, yeah, you could do maybe a David Lynch one. The problem with a lot of them, like I looked at doing a John Carpenter one at one point, but it treads on the toes then of franchises because right. I was like, well, we've already done Halloween. So it's like and most of the genre directors will have done something in a franchise we've covered or are going to cover. Mm-hmm. So then it gets sticky. But Shannon, there are two questions. I want to hear that list and I want to know, would you return ever if we were just doing a horror show and not doing directors? That's tough. Okay. Well, let me tell you what I learned first because I feel like it's going to feed that your other question. First and foremost... Murder packs don't work, people. Don't ever make a murder pact. <laughs> Somebody accidentally dies or in whatever way you killed them, don't make a fucking murder pact. It will That's never work out. It's a good never. band name as well. Yeah, murder <laughs> packs don't work. Great band name. <laughs> I also jokingly said, I'm going to, I think we should judge your life on how many from this list you're already living by. You have, as far as we know, made no murder packs. So good job, Shannon. Correct. You're so far a survivor. Uh, yes. So Number far, two. so far a survivor. Well, the other one is something that like, you know, I have to reconsider because uh, these choices of that characters make to cover their tracks, like in the stage fright original of, oh, we're going to lock everyone in to rehearse. <laughs> And in Stage Fright Remake, Meatloaf cutting the phones so they can't tell their parents. Those choices don't work. Don't. Don't. Just don't do it. So don't try and cut yourself off from the rest of the world, basically. Right. Don't try and cut yourself off from the rest of the world. I feel like I that's a good Sometimes, lesson. I don't know, Katie, I feel sometimes Shannon does cut us oh, off 100%. from the rest of the world. So. That's why I say, like, this is the lesson I'm taking to heart. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, by that logic, though, if someone, if there is a home invasion situation, is your logic then to flee from the house or to lock all the doors and the windows? <laughs> like, would you lock yourself in or do you run? I would say I run at this point. But even Based if you on- are safe, like if someone is aggressively trying to get into, say, your house, it depends and on safe, the house. Unquote, and like, do you run around locking windows and doors or do you? immediately hear him on the other side of that or her on the other side of the house and flee out a window or a front door i think it depends on the house in my current living situation that door's coming down like it's pretty easy there's probably termites have already wrecked a havoc please no one find out where the fuck i live (laughs) but like it's you know one swift kick it's probably down anyway so i would probably choose uh, i've thought about this i'd probably i feel like i could make the jump from my bedroom window to the roof of the garage. So I'd probably choose just to like chill there. Okay. What if he <laughs> spots you on the roof of the garage? Are you able to get down? Or gonna are you going to jump and break legs and then be the gimp who's like uh, running around? I would be able to get down on the opposite side All of right. the garage. So I feel like it would work out. Okay. Again, don't find out where the fuck I live and try to test any of these theories. Spoilers, there's a garage within leaping distance of a window. Mm-hmm. I have weapons. I have, I have weapons. There's a... Be afraid. Uh, All right. What else did you learn, Shannon? Well, on that, I learned that women should always have gun training. <laughs> oh. 
so many of the women in this movie pick up a gun and just go, there's a trigger? Huh? Huh? Do you scream? Huh? No. I don't think you, I don't think you need gun training just to understand. Like, I think it's just incompetent yeah. writing of a character. Right. That's true. And that's a different thing to overcome than actually having gun training. You just need to understand, oh, you pull a trigger and make sure the safety is off. That's it. Yeah. Because even uh, more offensively, we saw it like three, two or three times in this was women just not knowing how to drive a car. So yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah I would rate Oof. that above needing to know how to operate a gun. Because I'm vaguely uncomfortable you, with you advocating yeah. that all women should learn how to and probably carry guns. <laughs> well, not to carry necessarily, because most of this is like, oh, the gun gets thrown loose or whatever, or they find it in whatever way. And then they just look at it like, what's this do? What? Does it do things? I don't know. Where's the hole? <laughs> then I don't think there's any amount of gun training that can help someone with no. that personality. That's true. <laughs> I don't want a gun, like a capable gun in those hands. Really. Mm-hmm. Uh, priests are just as scary as actual murderers. They're terrifying. All the yeah, Catholic really priests scary. are the worst. <laughs> yep. They are and the drunk guy in the fog. He wasn't that scary. Uh, I, oh, yeah. he's pretty cool. Yeah, they're just, you know, raging alcoholics with, like, a lot of issues. You like taking photos of boobs. The nuns yeah, they were way scarier in this. Yeah, but the, just, like, Catholicism in general. Sorry, mm-hmm. Dad, I think I'm leaving the religion. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> based on how it's treated in all these movies. This is an oldie but a goodie. Under no circumstances should you never, ever, ever, ever split up. No never. matter what Ghostbusters tells you. Yep, yep. This is just for me, but put your fucking pants on. Yeah. <laughs> you want warm knees. You can't you can't do anything in just underwear. Put your fucking pants on. Man, I think you can do more, to be fair. No. Nope. Put no. your fucking pants on. Uh and then this one is a real lesson that close range weapons will be used against you. Literally this one, so the night I don't know if I told you this, the night after we watched My Bloody Valentine, I was freaked the fuck out. And I went to bed with a drill by my bed because <laughs> that was uh, a weapon I had. <laughs> wow. Because you don't have gun training, but you have drill training. Uh-huh. And Drills then are the- pretty easy. Right. Well, and then the next series after that was Silent Night. And that killer is very, very scary. I think that was the next series. And that's when I had the thought I was going to go to bed with the drill again next to my bed. And I was like, no. The killer is going to come in and they're going to see the drill and they're going to use it on me. Let's hide the drill. <laughs> God. Did you have the drill plugged in by any chance? It's, uh, please, it's, it's cordless. Oh, my God. What if the batteries run out? I checked them. All right. Oh good. My God. I also I made because we saw us this weekend. So I made James go through my routine whenever I come home from these horror movies, which is to lock both the gates that get into our courtyard and things. And he's like. This is ridiculous. You can just do that. I'm like, shut up. We're locking them. <laughs> this is the damage the series has added to yeah. your life. Paranoia. Oh, Those are the lessons I've learned, guys. Well, I think you're not living your life by, you know, most of those. So congratulations. Yeah. I'm glad you learned things. Yeah. Which then feeds into, I feel, an answer to the question of would you run <laughs> to do another horror show with us? Listen. I'm really proud of myself for making it through this and not vomiting at any point. And, and neither confirm nor deny. Yeah. <laughs> and like, to be fair, minimal traumatization. You know what I mean? You were going to sleep with a drill. <laughs> yeah, but I well, would kind of. Pretty on par for Shannon. Though. Yeah, I was going to say that's, that's pretty good. on. Like, 
doesn't take much to make me scared. Uh, my own brain does that. Uh, so I would say, depending on what it is, a solid maybe. New French extremism, here we come. I just nope. like that, that that she's able to look back on it with this like appraisal of healthiness perspective because at the time of watching these, I guarantee you, Shannon would have been like, fuck this place. I'm never even coming back in your house, let alone watching <laughs> another movie here. So I feel- This is, this is, the, this 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 is the problem with humankind. We forget things too quickly. That's why yeah, people have think- seven babies very quickly. I think the key, because we did watch these movies back to back, and more yeah. often than not, the remake was like a palate cleanser to what I found terrifying in the original, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. With, I think, like Silent Night kind of being an exception to that, right? where I found Silent Night more terrifying than the original. But yeah. so that made it more manageable sure. for me. Which, to be fair, we would never do again. So just to be clear, the Versus series is currently retired. <laughs> takes too much of my time to yeah, do two films a week. Versus! Uh, we are returning back to regular franchise programming. However, with a little twist. And I do want to say, uh, not ironically, but, but weirdly, Shannon, you would probably be more fine with what we're about to be covering. <laughs> Learning what I now know about you. Uh, so starting... No, absolutely she would. Well, not... You are not, not sitting the next to her during these. <laughs> I appreciate... Cause like- no, but I mean, comparatively. To what we just did. So starting next week, it's going to be myself. It's going to be Alexander Chard. And it's going to be who with Allison. All right. Yeah, I'm drunk. Too many series going on. Yeah. Uh, we are going to be covering. So we had a weird little pocket of time before our next proper schedule thing. And I was in a slasher mood from these. I wanted to continue on this journey that we're on. So we're moving directly from the 80s into the 90s. Again, a decade that people tend to hate. Uh, now, we've already done the Scream series. So we're going to tidy up the other two franchises and we're colluding them into one. So we're taking I Know What You Did Last Summer, which oh. are three films, and The Urban Legend, which are three films. And we're turning them into one franchise essentially called I Know What Urban Legend You Did Last Summer. So we're going to run through those first three. I Know What You Did Last Summer. I still know what you did last summer. I'll always know what you did last summer. And then we're going to do Urban Legend, Urban Legend's Final Cut, and Urban Legend's Bloody Mary. And then do a wrap-up episode on that. Part of the reason is then we have cleared the way... Including our franchises of like Child's Play for the 90s and stuff like that. Of all of the 90s slasher films, other than the weird single shot ones. So then at some point in the future, we will be doing something a little bit like what we've just done, but not in a versus way. Where we're going to tidy up all the rest of the new age. There are a bunch of different names for it, but really it's from like the beginning of Scream till about 2003. I think it is, is the age of what we consider 90s slashers. And we'll be tidying up then all those other ones, including the Paul Ripper all these straight cut, like the Molly Ringworld one, whole bunch of films, uh, single 90s kind of films. Uh, but that'll be way in the future. So next week, we're starting with I Know What You Did Last Summer. I know Alex and... Hang on. Is it Ali or is it Christina? No, is it... Oh, I, fuck. I don't know. I thought you were going to say a different one, so I didn't know how to respond to that. But to I'm be fair, right I did watch I the original Christina, I Know What You Did actually. Last Summer. No, it is, it is I remember I was going to fill in. It's 100% Christina. Yeah. I, this is a problem with recording multiple shows at the same time. We were overlapping a little bit and I was trying to pre-record. So, uh, yeah, no, it's with Christina. That was the whole point. We're bringing back the Scream team because yeah. um, we want to continue. And plus, Christina fucking loves 90s slasher films. She loves 90s slasher music, like all of the sort of Chumbawambas yes. and the Creeds I and the Blink-182s. 
You're never gonna keep me down. I get knocked down. I owned that album that I would listen to when we'd go to roller skater parties. Yep. This is what this is what I mean. Honestly, like, Shannon would enjoy the stuff a lot more. Get back up again, and then you get back down, and yeah. then you get back up again. You got right. the '90s music. You got the Freddie Prince Juniors. You got oh. the Jennifer Love Hewitt. I saw you got, him like, at the farmers from- market, and I freaked out. <laughs> freaked out. I'd be like, "Where's Sarah Michelle, bitch?" He, she was there, and she was scowling at everybody. She would no. She had the face on like, "If you fucking talk to me, I will stab you." I'm not joking. <laughs> she had full on blazing hate eyes on her. I'm sorry. Did you say there was an opportunity to be staked? By Buffy the Vampire Slayer, she, and she, you didn't I take it? I think she it? was there with, like, her kid or something. Like, you know how they do the kid tours yeah. of the farmer's markets? I think they were there with, like, kids and stuff. And so I think she was, like, mama bearing. Yeah. Where she's like, That makes sense. And I'm not here to be Sarah Michelle Gellar. I'm here to be mom. But yeah, I get that. But it was right after Freddie Prince's cookbook had come out. And you could tell he was like, food people want to talk to me now. <laughs> I'm relevant again. Well, spoilers. We've uh, yeah, we've already recorded the first episode next week, and if you want to hear us talk about Freddie Prince Jr. quite extensively, because <laughs> that man, yeah, I mean he's something. Yeah, yeah he is. He's something. Yeah, yeah he is. Yeah, so that's what we'll be covering again, Shannon. It breaks my heart a little bit because we we programmed this while in the middle of the eighty slashes, and it's like she would have had a lot more fun <laughs> with the nineties ones. Yeah, but yeah, we wanted the people who had already done Scream, so you had some context for everything. So that's what we're dealing with next. I'm excited for it because I fucking love me some 90s slasher films. And yeah. I'm excited to get the hate mail from when we give things a recommend Ooh. and people are angry with us Even about it. Even just watching some of the like commentary with you, Al, about the original I Know What You Did Last Summer, it brought back all of my nostalgia scare of being a kid and watching that for the first time. That movie holds. It's, yeah. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. I think I'll bring you up. I think I'll bring up your story in that first well, uh, podcast. It's terrifying. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah. Well, guys, that's it. The curtain is closed. Really appreciate Bye, both of you Thursday. being on this journey. Can you let people know where they can, Shannon, where they can just text you to find out where you live and give you some advice on, you know, different buildings you could jump to and mm-hmm. hide in? Mm-hmm. Yeah, none of that. But <laughs> you can find me on Instagram at Shannon Hollander, or you can tweet at me and I will not respond at my fave Shannon. It's because you're busy hiding away from the world. Pretty much. Pretty much. Uh, Katie. I'm at my dearest Watson on Instagram and my Watson dearest on Twitter, I think. And I am Mr. Alway on all the social medias. I'm also on the Xbox. And if you want to head on over to starfishmixtape.com, starfishmixtape.com, that's where you can find out where our first feature film from our production company and publisher, We Are Tessellate, uh, which I wrote and directed. Shannon's in it, shouting yeah, things. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. doing that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. I bring you up quite a lot in Q&As because quite a lot of people are asking, obviously, about the tortoises. So I tell stories. I, all I want. Oh, God. Guys, we had to look up tortoise sanctuaries the other day. They're getting big. Aww. I know. Aww. I have to give us updates on it. I know. But yeah, if you haven't caught the film, go to StarfishMixtape.com and you can find out this week as this goes up right now. You could come out tomorrow and catch us at Denver where Katie might even be there. So you get to say hello to both oh, of us. Woohoo! We're playing That's after that just north there. of Denver. My old stomping grounds. Uh, we're playing in Phoenix. We're playing in LA where you can meet a whole bunch of us. Uh, yeah. And we've got more and more San Francisco. We've got a whole bunch of dates that is currently still being added every single week. Mm-hmm. So please, please, please go check StarfishMixed.com. Come, Come to say the hello. LA one. All three of us are going to be there. Yeah. And you we're can tell everyone. me how much Allie you love will be me there. Being Alex will be there. Yeah. You can meet the whole Weird Geeks crew pretty Christina much. Christina will probably be there. 
Christine will be there for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, she's also flaky, so who knows? Yeah. Actors. Yes. But until then, you can find us right here on every Friday doing this podcast. Uh, We'll be back next Friday with I Know What You Did Last Summer. Until then, we're out. Geeks. 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 Geeks.